Yeah. Ah, we yeah. are in it, boys. Oh, fuck. All right. So um, this is the Lily Podcast. I am going off McGillicuddy. Go ahead. Introduce yourself. What? Oh, I'm this. Scub. It is early for me, is, and I'm yeah, delirious, and I am excited for what we are about to talk about. Yes, we we have got this. Has been a real fun. Right, like, look, little 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 behind the scenes. I was working on a completely different story, and I happened to catch <laughs> like someone posted an essay in some cyberpunk group. I think it was cyberpunk as fuck. And in the like, they had written an episode or like a, an essay about like cyberpunk in general, and they mentioned something that I did not like. I had a memory hole about. I was like, you, you know. So I get a little scum, and I'm like, hey, do you know about this thing? He's like, no. And I was like, what the fuck? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that's also kind of going on in the background right now is um, they might arrest Trump today. So I got kind of a window open <laughs> looking off to the side here, and uh, we will be cutting in and keeping you updated on this. This is the quality they... that you can expect from a low life <laughs> podcast where you get two episodes in one. Ostensibly, yes. They're interleaved, like one of the books of the Baroque cycle. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I, look. Let's just do it. Let's just rip the fucking Band-Aid off. It is 1993. Oh, shit. I'm in high school. I'm four right? years old. The biggest things that are going on in the world right now, if you look at, say, like, uh, well, it's it's basically like the biggest music in the world is, or in, in as far as the billboard is concerned, in America. All right? I won't say the world. That's dumb. Yeah. In the U.S., on the billboard top 100, it's it's populated by nothing but, like, vocal R&B groups, rap, um... So much R&B. So much R&B. Like, I forgot who SWV was. But the reason why is like, okay, so the number one song was, I think, uh, That's Just, uh, That's the Way Love Goes by Janet Jackson. So, like, yeah, I was into Janet in that era. That stuff was all right. But, like, I was much more coming out of the 80s and hair metal and other metal, thrash, etc. You know, Exodus, fucking Anthrax. And underneath all of that there was this like I, I had been turned on to hip-hop a couple of years ago like i i liked rap and hip-hop and stuff you know i like beastie boys whatever but you know i swapped albums with a buddy of mine in electronics class and i gave him fucking operation mind crime and he gave me apocalypse 91 the enemy strikes black but public enemy i think i got the better deal there nice. frankly um because that album blew my fucking mind right anyway so i was kind of like listening to some of what uh the whites were calling hardcore rap at the time, but it was really just like, it was just public enemy and like Eric B and Rakim and good shit. You know? Uh, yeah. The things that would make you like, you know, wear a do rag and just like spontaneously start like shooting cops. No, I didn't. That's no, it was, it was, it was just actually smart. It wasn't talking about, you know, oh, yeah. material objects as being the ultimate goal of your life. Oh yeah. You no, know? I love rap in that era. And, um, I'm just saying like the whites, so the whites oh um, the so, whites yeah no for sure it's it like you know you're you were just gonna suddenly run off and join a gang yeah you know it's like oh you listen to hardcore rap it's like as opposed to what you know yeah, like, exactly there wasn't a lot of hardcore going around unless you get right. into like punk which I guess but we're, we're not talk that's about, but. that's yeah back in the day there was definitely clearly delineated lines right but there was this yeah. other thing that was happening around the same time there was this like surge coming out of the seattle sound for the most part you know, your Nirvana, Alice in Chains, uh, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. Um, right. And it was, it was you know, Mud Honey, like all of these like big full sounds, you know, screaming trees and shit. Like it was, it was to me, like they called it alternative, but I was just like, eh, it's fucking rock. Like what's wrong with you? Like what's alternative sure. to what? Jazz? Like fuck you. It's a dumb Grunge name is gonna for be coming an entire up a few genre. times. Apparently it was like, 
Uh, we'll get into it, but like it was, it was just you know, grunge was the new thing to yeah. replace punk in in some ways because everyone was saying punk is dead. Well, and, and, and metal was getting stale. Like you yeah. know, like there there was this like whole concept back then that was much larger than it is now. Like nowadays, you see an artist that you like, um, I don't know, appear in a movie or like make a music video. You're like, good for you. You know, but back in the day, there was shit like Metallica's like, we're never going to fucking film a, vi- a music video. And then they're like, you know, like you, we fucking suck if we do. And then they put out one. Yeah, you know? this is like the everyone like MTV is kind of like people are nostalgic for the old MTV. But back when it was happening, it was considered like the most commercial, com- commercialized bullshit. Yeah, ever. but it was also this really fun kind of novelty because like. Mm. When it first launched, it was a, there was a lot of videos, and it wasn't a, there weren't a great diversity of videos, but there was more video to commercial, like the, you know, than yeah. the other because it was ostensibly an arm of of the re- record industry, like they they were trying to promote their artists and stuff. The man, yes. <clears throat> right? And, and I mean, if you want to get a back, like a really good backstory into like just how the music industry evolved right up until streaming. There's this excellent book called The Hitmen. Um, it's behind me. I'm not. I can't turn around without banging onto things. But like, look up The Hitmen. It's a fucking great book. Um, but what was going on here, though? I'm, I'm trying to give you like kind of like a sense of like the vibe in as much as I can remember it. There was this very strong notion that came out of the '80s of being a sellout, and it wasn't an '80s notion. There was, a, you know, like um, yeah, the sentiment goes back to at least the '60s, like at least. Um, where like the who had an album called the who sell out and it's like a picture of fucking like i don't know pete townsend sitting in a goddamn tub of heinz baked beans <laughs> and, on the cover it's like a split cover and, and, and it was like you know also like it also had a song called heinz baked beans on the album which was like they had commercials and jingles and skits and stuff like Jeez. um but the album, you know, that album, that Who's album, was actually itself a concept album that included public service announcements, fake commercials, and then, you know, the Baked Beans track. It was, I listened to a lot of it, and it's it's entertaining as fuck, because, I don't know, like, there's some songs by The Who that I just love. <laughs> just love. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. a big Tommy fan. I wasn't, like, a pinball wizard, you know, but, like, you know, My Generation was a good track that I dug the first time I heard it, and they've, Eminent Front is just a bop. You know, and uh, the less said about Pete Townsend's research, the better. But um, anyway, selling out, you know, in, in this context here, it's referring to like abandoning principles like or or the supporters, you know, who got you to this point. Like they have your supporters after a few albums and have some expectations. And then you flip the script on them and then they hated you. And this happened a bunch of times, you know. Sure. But like um, it, usually it was like the sellout part of it was like for the sake of. Money. Yeah, it, like Sugar Ray, for example. Um, oh well, yeah, like if you listen to their earlier shit, they were they were a heavy metal band, like a hard rock band, and then suddenly they just turned into this like pop garbage that yeah. was ubiquitous. Mm. You couldn't get away from. You know that that would yeah. be like one of the bigger, more like, open examples of it. Like Metallica getting a music video. Like Did you say, it, pop there was definitely the most commercial commercialized. Well, that's the point. It's pop. It. The whole thing is just kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but like if you like MTV, then you know you. Well, that, that's the fucked up part is you read like in the Hitman, there were these things where like these labels would you know somebody would put they they publish a hundred artists knowing full well they were going to only make the, all their money back and then some on two of them. Yeah, yeah, so, you know absolutely. that's why there's all these like really amazing hidden gems from like back in the day that people are discovering still because you know vinyl yeah. 
holds up pretty well, but also because people archived it. And, you know, that's, that's really neat. And that's a little bit of kind of what we're doing here, but like <clears throat> by the eighties, like the goalposts weren't really so much like moved or shuffled around. Like you could still be a Metallica fan, even though they made a music video because the song was good. And it was like referencing a black and white movie based on a Dalton Trumbo uh, book. You know, about a yeah. soldier who had to communicate by tapping his head in uh, fucking Morse code, and he's just telling the people in the room with him to kill him. You know, like, it's just, jeez. Yeah, like, yeah, that might keep you uh, to stick around a little bit longer, and then the Black Album comes out, and you just fuck them. But um, yeah. one of the more common sentiments you'd hear, like, in the 80s, was that, like, if a rock band uh, wore makeup, they were sellouts. Or if a successful band wore, uh, swore they'd never do the music video thing. You know, that was like another one, like Metallica. I keep bringing them up because I'm mad at them. Anyway, other cases that would probably count would be like Def Leppard's Hysteria album going platinum a billion fucking times. Like, yeah, that album had 12 songs on it and seven of them were like number one hits. <laughs> you Fuck. know, like, right. But they were bops. You know, yeah. and it was it was also the the tragic tale uh, tied into that with like the drummer with you know having lost his arm in a bus wreck and stuff. Like it, it just they really captured like the moment, and they have a very like the production on that album uh, on Hysteria is insane. Like just it, whether you like the music or not, how it was produced, the sounds, the way it was separated, the tones they got, the fucking sound of the drums. There was nothing like it. They were very it was very singular and unique and easy to like dig. Um. And uh, if you were into, you know, 80s hair metal, you would go to a Def Leppard band because there would be girls there. You know, like that was the thing about it. But like you 2 Zeropa didn't land with me nearly as well. You know, yeah. they, uh, Not a, that was they, another huge example of like a band changing their sound up. And it just didn't like not it, a big U2 fan. Gonna well, say it, it did. OK, like here's the thing. Zeropa landed in July of 1993. And what we're going to be talking about in a little bit here is what happened in June of 1993. So like, this is a month after the topic of today's episode. And <laughs> Zeropa, such a up to that point. Well, yeah, well, Zeropa, like it, it put off a whole bunch of fans who criticized their like pivot to electronica as lazy, or in my case, I thought it was boring. <laughs> you know, like I was just like, Oh wow. All right. You guys like kind of had me, like, I was kind of getting tired of them with Octoon baby because their music was just fucking, you couldn't escape it. And I wanted to hear new shit. And then this came out and it sounded completely different, but it sucked. You know, like yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. and then there's that video where it's like the, the edge singing and there's just feet in his face the whole time, which I guess is fine for certain people. Okay. But so, whatever, you know, like it just didn't, it wasn't, it, it was just that he played it with this deadpan thing that made it kind of a funny video. Like it actually, as a video works, but like as a song, I was just like, I know. Yes. Yeah. Go, no, be angry at England again. Go back to that. That was fun. Um, anyway, when you consider the previous album too, Octane Baby moved 18 million copies. Damn. Zeropa did seven, which is, you know, seven times platinum, but like sales definitely, like that's 11 million they didn't sell compared to the heights of their power before that. Meanwhile, they're touring like monsters and they're selling out, you know, stadiums and shit. Mm -hmm. Like they're doing fine. Um, But it's still, it's it's still, still, well, it illustrates how like selling out could like impact sales. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'm saying where I'm like, I'm still kind of trying to figure out the whole like selling out thing a little bit. It's It's like, they obviously did and kind of did and did not work out for them, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they're not hurting. Exactly. They, yeah. If anything, they got more powerful to the point where I had to delete one of their fucking albums from my phone. So like it was, <laughs> I was like, I didn't buy this. What the fuck is this doing here? And everybody's like, look, we gave you a gift. And I'm like, that no one asked for. 
It's like Bono wants even someone allergic to peanuts. Peanuts. You know, it's, I was done with them Except by now. Bono's gift. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You will own this, and you'll like it. You know, like no, fuck yeah. yourself. But like the concept of selling out, like I said, is it's very mm-hmm. amorphous. Um, I can't really it think is. of. There, for me, I just kind of fall in and out with certain artists. There are very few that I've like listened to throughout like the entirety of their careers. I think uh, like 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 the Dandy Warhols kind of count, but only because I accidentally downloaded a whole folder of their music from a buddy of mine when we were tag team DJing. And then I just spent a summer listening to it and I was into it. It was fucking awesome. I really wow. dig that band, you know, but yes. like I followed Underworld since uh, Dovno. And then I went back and listened yeah. to their first two albums. And now I just I keep up with them because they're yeah, just uh, clutch is another one I stay with because they're just kind of consistent for me. They they really they tell good stories. You know, I they're think still they're around, you know, so yeah, they're touring. Yeah. They got fucking for some reason, Dinosaur op- uh, Juniors opening, um, which I love clutch. They're literally like they are really one of my favorite bands and stuff like that. But you got come on. Jay Mascus is a man like Dinosaur Juniors huge like it should be the kind of the other way around a little bit you know like yeah i don't know maybe they share the bill and get it come out on stage and play each other's songs and shit because that would be fun but anyway point being a month before zeropa dropped there was this other music icon and he took like the most devastating hit right william michael albert broad or board rather was uh born in stanmore essex england on november 30th 1955 when he was two, he and his parents moved to uh, Pachugi, New York. Yeah, go ahead, New Yorkers. Good luck. It's Patch Og, okay? Ogu. I don't know. Uh, where his sister was born. And in 62, they moved back to England, settling in Dorking, Surrey. I just put that down because I wanted to say Dorking. Dorking. Oh, God. They're it's it's like you just names, took man. a dork and then verbed it. And it's, yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1971, uh, the family moved to Bromley in southeast London, where William attended Ravensbourne School for Boys. And then he moved sure. to Goring by Sea in West Sussex, where he attended Worthing High School for Boys. In October 1975, he began attending the University of Sussex to study English. I can vibe with that. Yeah, I seriously. Too. I think a lot of our listeners can. <laughs> right. But he dropped out after a year and wound up joining the Bromley contingent of Sex Pistols fans. Um, they were a group who'd like kind of travel around like the dead heads would follow the dead around. And, uh, uh, Sex Pistols. Uh. But, yeah, but like here's the fun part about this: in the Bromley contingent, they they were kind of like they popularized like the early punk fashion, sort of. And fashion is not a thing I like talking about because I don't care. But like, well, we're going to end up having to talk about it at one point. We are, and I'm, well, it's not that I don't care, it's just, I literally, I found the combination of clothing that I'm comfortable in, and I'm a little, you know, Mm -hmm. texture sensitive, so I'm not trying to be uncomfortable just to achieve a look, like. (laughs) Oh, baby, we're going to find you the right combination of of fabrics and pants to go with your mullet. Yeah, oh, buddy. Anyway, so, but but as part of the Broadway contingent, there were some other fucking people that were, like, hanging out in this crew at the time. Uh, one of This which is, was like, what year? So we're talking 75. about, 75. Like, this is, like, punk in, okay, this is punk this, in 1970, in, like, 75, all right. Right, right. So, you know, they're, they're falling pistols around. Other bands have existed. They're touring. All this stuff's happening. But yeah. what, another person that was in this group, besides uh, Mr. William Michael Albert Board, was Susie Sue. <laughs> And I just Fuck. love that. Oh, I love that's that they great. hung out together and like they they're college oh, dropouts and they're just that's like fucking wild. I love wearing so fishnets, sleeves. <laughs> yeah, shit. yeah. yeah like, this oh, is my favorite. That that makes that makes me really happy, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I fucking love Susie. <laughs> right. 
I mean, oh, come on. Oh, fuck it. What, like, what a great, what a great She had, what, so was the Cities and Dust. She did a Peekaboo, which is still one of my favorite fucking headphone songs. Phenomenal artist. My God. Uh, just absolute beast. Anyway, so later that year, William Board joined English punk band, uh, uh, punk rock band, Chelsea, as a guitarist. And after playing literally three fucking gigs where they played covers of other band's songs, Board took the drummer and bassist and formed another band. Fuck. It's like fuck this. Isn't uh, heroin involved at this point? No, nope, like, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Okay, maybe, maybe, Possibly. but it wasn't like a problem. Like I don't gotcha. know what kind of punks these guys were because it was still pro. I mean, you know, it's not a heroin. It hasn't reached the problem stage. I'm like, I don't know. Being on heroin is a problem. Oh no, it was a problem. I mean, fucking Velvet Underground wrote a whole goddamn song about it. You know, like yeah. it was, uh Anyway, so the band <laughs> he formed was Generation X. And it was named after a 1964 book on British popular youth culture found by the bassist while visiting Broad's home. Like, uh, Broad's mom owned the book because she was, like, a teacher. I could sum sum up the book in, like, a few words. Uh, Oh, and and this bassist was uh, Tony James, who had gone to uh, found Six Six Sputnik and play with Sisters of Mercy. Oh, no shit. Yeah, like, there's a lot of... A lot of the fucking players in this are like, hey, all right. So, anyway... Um, then William Michael Albert Broad then changed his name owing to a chemistry teacher's description of him on his high school report card as Idol, and thus Billy Idol was born. Fuck. 1975, the year I was born. Weird, huh? Anyway, so within a year, Generation yes, X... The- <laughs> yes, the threads of destiny are definitely crossed with you and Billy Idol. And it's it's yeah, it's going to land into place, um, for sure. <laughs> so within a year... Okay, Generation X became one of the first punk bands to make an appearance on BBC's Top of the Pops, and they began to garner some popularity a little bit. Uh, Critics who who sounded like they hated fun called Gen X artistically and intellectually vapid and thought that because their high-energy sound pulled from the more melodic inspirations like The Who, The Kinks, and The Beatles, they were considered middle-class interlopers in a scene that was like thought of as working-class subculture. You know, punk was definitely DIY, right? Yeah, it was. It, it, it. Yeah, like, I, I get that. Like, I, right. I mean, intellectually vapid. I have problems with that type of description. But like, oh, I have the, so much music that is intellectually vapid that I fucking yeah, same. Love. I have a lot of books that could you be books me? that it's are fun. considered intellectually vapid. Um. Anyway, it, it's, I'm looking yeah, at no, a, a shelf of them. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, like I have a problem with that description. But the idea of like you know making I have a Ben Shapiro book. <laughs> That's intellectually I vapid. Win. vacant. <laughs> Uh, Take a bullet for you, babe. Um, fuck. Mm, no. God. Oh, Anyhow. My flesh. Jesus what were Christ. You, you okay? I was trying to say before you put that fucking thought into my brain. <laughs> uh, I don't even fucking... Um, no, it was... Um, no, I get what it was saying about, like, you know, trying to make punk, like, weird middle class when, like, it's very obviously a low, like, low like DIY. Oh, no, this is what the critics were saying about them. Oh. Wait, and it what? was like, it, 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 yeah, the critics were calling Generation X like this vapid and intellectually vapid and, and crap, and they were middle-class interlopers. They were fucking posers. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> what they're saying here. You were yeah, fucking posers. Yeah. Look at you, you went to school? <clears throat> yeah, you, you can fucking spell. <laughs> anyway. I mean, no, I, I, I have sympathy. You, you named like, your band after a book? <laughs> Fucking no. nerds. <laughs> then I just look at like Black Flag and every member of the Black Flag. Who? Well, we, Henry Rollins will make an appearance in the show at some point. Tri- 
Oh, good, um, good. all right. Yeah, no, it, it's <coughs> it, like I, I get it, wanting to like you know, hey, this is like a lower class thing, but also like I don't know, don't be a dick, just let them play music. Yeah, I've yeah, changed a lot over the years between. Well, like, it's it's you know, funny that they would hold this standard to that. When yeah. like if you heard some like, BBC, British pop at the time, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. As you said, like a punk band that's going on the BBC. That's when I was like, oh, they're gonna have problems with that because like, yeah, but they, they, like fucking tons of punk bands have done that. Like, I mean, it's it's. Oh, I don't no. think this is by any stretch of the imagination the first time this has happened. I mean, fucking Jimi Hendrix lit a guitar on fire. You that's know what true. I mean? Like this yeah. is. Mm-hmm we're still catching up to like a lot of that madness and stuff you know it's regardless as a band these guys played a shit ton of gigs and by the end of 1978 a new west sussex band you may have heard of called the cure opened for them nice so like you know this is stitched into a bunch of shit that i love anyway however by 1979 the label expressed they weren't happy that the money they invested wasn't being shown through chart success because these guys weren't really charting that well like, yeah, I fucking bet. I don't think they even hit the top 10 or anything like that. And, and it's, it, it, this is, you know, 1970s money. And over the course of four years, they'd be into Generation X for about 250,000 pounds. So, yeah. like, it, we'll get into that. Anyway, the label, Chrysalis Records, said that if Gen X's next single wasn't a hit, their contract would be terminated. And then the oh. label cut. Well, it wasn't the label. It was, I think, their manager cut the band's fucking weekly wages as a way of motivating them. What? A boy that always works and never backfires. Oh, no. Yeah. So oh, this is about what, where what everything. Is just, manager? Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. This is where everything starts fucking falling apart. Right. So like it, it's this painful recording. It just takes forever. This album called Valley of the Dolls drops and it flops so fucking hard. It only hits like 51 on the UK albums chart. and critics just absolutely drub the shit out of it. And I've gone back and I've listened to like their albums and stuff and it's not all my stuff, but they had some good stuff on there. Specifically, uh, they, they have a version of uh, Dancing With Myself. It was like, all right. Because like, if you listen to it, you see what he was trying to do. And he wasn't trying yeah. to be a punk band. He was trying to be like a punk dance band, but it wasn't quite ska. Like that hadn't quite worked its way. Emo wasn't a thing yet. yet. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Like it, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not bad. I, I definitely, you know, I like, definitely got that vibe when going through this episode and talking, like actually getting to like Billy Idol's music. Um, something I never thought I would do, but then again, I li- like I didn't, dude. Started. I didn't think we were doing this fucking episode until yeah, like, no, no idea. Then we're like, oh shit. Um, but like, this is like before pop punk, like before like, which is like you know was controversial when it was like around any when it still really is in the height of its still power. is still is. Just, i think once you get to a point where you get enough people listening to you if you know everyone else can fuck off like there's a, just uh, a diversity uh, of music and bands yeah just have fun i can't still one like. of my favorite bands of all time they're still incredibly listenable mm-hmm. um but like yeah no this is before pop punk so it's like i feel they were definitely trying to like make something that didn't fucking exist and no one understood in a little bit yeah. well i mean or, yes and no because like on the one hand yeah they're they're trying to play in a punk style but mm-hmm. by pulling up the sound of like the 50s, 60s, uh, kind mm-hmm. of doo-wop, you know, kind of uh, not quite barbershop quartet, but like that, those pop songs. Like Beatle kind of stuff, right? Beatle stuff, like, right. Yeah. You know, The Who. Like they were definitely inspired by that stuff, and they, but they wanted to like speed it up and, you know, put their own spin on it. And, you know, they're trying to do something different, and I could respect that. <laughs> so anyway. In February of 1979, uh, Generation X was driven off stage at the Lyceum Ballroom by an onslaught of thrown objects from some proto-street punk element who had been dogging the band's live shows. So, like, 
They had <laughs> fans, but they also had these dudes who would just show up and throw shit, like buy a ticket and throw shit at them on stage. How much so, money do you have to be able to buy a ticket just to harass them? Tickets were like a dollar. Oh, you're right. Different era when money was real. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Still not like cheap, you know, adjusting for everything, but like, or maybe, maybe five bucks or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't like now. It Curious wasn't like, what those punks were listening to, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were probably, probably ironically, Sex Pistols fans. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but regardless, you know, the rest of the year after that February, they were packed with shows and TV appearances. And in the midst of this, yeah. guitarist Derwin Andrews began to openly resent Billy Idol, who was incorporating more showmanship. And by that, they mean he was kind of doing more of a stage presence, like uh, Elvis's stuff, the sneer, the hips, the moves. Yeah. You know, and he was trying to incorporate that like more and more to his, you know, they were starting to suspect Idol of like considering a solo gig. And it's like, this isn't even unheard of, <laughs> you know, like you want a front I mean, man that's going to kind of take some attention. You guys aren't. Yes, you're not sitting there doing like noodle scratching, you know, epic. Yeah. Fucking mm-hmm. thinky songs that I love. But that's is he singing is at this point or is he? Oh, yeah. No, no, he's singing. Yeah, he's okay. Okay. Yeah, Derwin yeah, no, Andrews for... is like the young kid they hired after uh, Chelsea, or like the guy from Chelsea like quit okay. or something. Whatever. Yeah, you gotta have showmanship for the front man. Like, right. That's what. But here's about. the thing: this Derwin Andrews guy, he wanted to steer Gen X more toward an indie rock sound after hearing Joy Division. But Idol was like leaning more into dance punk. He wanted to have fucking. He wanted to, like you to have fun at the show. You know, like yeah. Uh, you know whatever else you could say about the music like he that's what they were he was going for and there were you could see that they were starting to pull themselves apart here because andrews was like we could do better and you know idol's like yeah let's get crazy with it you know like he's like no yeah. let's be miserable and talk about like how <laughs> I mean, love tear us apart to... you know like yeah i was gonna say nothing wrong with depeche mode but like it... yeah i love I, I you know i love joy yeah. vision but like oh, it's yeah. like that's not I, like I, that's not party music man like <laughs> Not if you're trying to get people hype. You don't put on level terrace apart. You know, you put on atmosphere. Anyway, um, then Andrews and the drummer Mark Laff were basically booted from the fucking band in December. Um, Ouch. Idol and James, uh, his his bass player, they got a like a, a new crew together, and their new manager Bill O'Coin, who also represented Kiss amongst like a shit ton of others. This guy was like a major major fucking mover. Yeah, he took one look at the band and he he like evaluated them, and he's like, all right, I want to keep Idol and get rid of the other guys. And I want to take him to America as a solo act. And then, like, he began working behind the scenes to make it happen. Like, Idol definitely, like, would, you know, this was a time, like, where you could do a side project. You know what I mean? Like, you you could have your band and then you could do solo stuff. And, like, lots of people did it. You know, Genesis. What happened to the other guys? Um, I, oh, that's a good question. Uh, They, okay, so uh, I think I'm going to get into it. Okay, because I'm like, I'm curious. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, James, like... James took off, and well, we'll get to it, we'll get to it, right, so, okay. so 1980 sucked, <clears throat> they were still, <laughs> they were still, the well, they were still recording as Generation X, but then they had to hire, like, a couple of guys to kind of fill in, uh, the problem is, is that, like, well, 1980 sucked for all the reasons, but also because, like, the narcotics use kind of got out of control here, gotcha. and it got in the way of the process. And then this is where like James and Idol would begin to grow apart. Eventually, they'd release the Kiss Me Deadly LP, which isn't like the lead of four song. I listened, trust me. Um, but it failed to chart, and the press around it was like super meh. They were like, ah, all right. So here, Ocoin tells Chrysalis Records that Idol was now. Now, th- I don't know whether this was like with or without like Idol's 
you know, knowledge. But Oakley tells Chrysalis Records and Idol is now willing to abandon the band. So Chrysalis drops his contract and writes off their £250,000 investment. Um, the last public performances were an appearance on BBC's Oxford Roadshow and in another BBC gig recorded at Paris Theatre in London on January 7th, 1981. And they make another appearance, but like way later. Anyway, James would go off from this to form Zig Zig Sputnik. And I don't know what the other guys did, um, but they did some stuff that like you would have heard of. Um, it, it's interesting. Like it's it, there. I didn't want to get too deep into weeds with that because that spirals into fucking everything. Like these cats. Oh, I bet. I just know, wanted to know they were like okay. I guess after being like abandoned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you like, you, like here's the thing. Like I know Zig Zig Sputnik. I know the cyberpunk librarian knows Zig Zig Sputnik. I know a bunch of the people in our Discord know it, but more people know who Billy Idol is. Yes. And I'm not saying this is good or bad. I'm just saying that like there when you make certain choices, you know, you are going to this this is what's going to happen. And and Idol had the backing of this fucking lunatic who I mean this guy, look, Kiss was at the I don't remember I didn't even look at the list of the people this guy produced, but you just gotta look at KISS. They were yeah. like dominant in the seventies and eighties. Oh yeah. Like absolutely could not escape them. They're and fucking everywhere, man. Like this guy understood well, he understood how like what was going on. He he definitely had his like thumb on the pulse or his finger on the pulse. Thumb you can't really tell, right? Is it? I don't remember. I don't know. You have a thumb in your pulse in your thumb. Point being, he was doing tons of shit, making big moves, and he knew how to like craft a star. And you had this cat who was kind of bringing this like punk you know, like fucking spiky wristband imagery to the masses because he had this like more of a pop idea about the music and O'Coin had machinations on where he wanted to put that. And he figured, yeah, like, here. And he was right. Like it, it wasn't even a gamble, really. Like later that year, Idol would move to the US and he would release his solo self-titled debut in 1982. And this like, this is what's crazy. Like this, this was perfect. It dovetailed perfectly with the fucking recent launch of MTV and his first video, White Wedding, would become just inescapable. Like, it was on the radio every hour. Yeah. It was on MTV every hour. The video was on every hour. It was just, I knew the words to it as a child. You know, this is 83. I am eight. You know what I mean? <laughs> I and I'm just exist. like, wad wedding. You know, like, I was, yeah, my yeah. dad was like, kind of really Catholic. He's like, I don't know if I like that song. And I was like, you probably shouldn't. You know, like, <laughs> even yeah, at age no, eight, I, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't like the imagery of the video. He thought it was sacrilegious. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, you're right. You know, like. <laughs> so then, in, um, oh, this is a great typo on my end. Fuck yeah. I, I, well, I wrote it. But it's like in 1983, the label would release a video for Dancing With Myself. All right. So I'm going I'm to get back to that. The, I spelled label L-A-B-L-E. Just Aww. draw your own conclusions. Anyway, the uh, Dancing With Myself video uh, was directed by fucking Toby Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, fucking... You fucking forget these things, man. Like after a while. But well, that's how there's... you got work. How, yeah, how do it's you like, think fucking things... Fincher got in the game, man? He did music videos. Like a lot of these guys, yeah. Mark Romanek, uh, all these guys, tons of these guys. Yeah. Spike fucking Jones, kid, selling out. You know that's debate. But like when you think about the well, people getting who made paid for work, work, that's different. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Where like that's why, again, to bring up Henry Rollins, how do you think he's still around? Like he got work. Yeah, like, I mean, he, he, does all the, he, 
he did all that great spoken word shit. He was in that crazy movie, I think, where he played a cop that it had like uh, Anthony Kiedis and Flea in a giant cane, like the actual biblical cane, in, as like a cannibal. Oh, right, in that weird angel movie or whatever. Yeah, it was great. He'd I never back. saw that. I heard it was good. Yeah, I heard that was good. I, I never mean, saw that. I'm shocked you haven't seen it. Mm-mm. There was a there was a span of a year where I kept almost watching it. Oh, it's so good. You ever but have anyway, one of those? Yeah, no, where it's been me... like a year where you're like, I'm going to watch that fucking thing. And then you don't. Yeah, no. Getting and you work keep is not doing it. But anyway, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Getting work, you know, makes sense. I can relate. Right. The industry's complicated. And like, you're like, it's weird. Like, like once you watch, even as a kid, like, I remember just like, the more I watched behind the scenes stuff that were done well, where they were like, this is how we set up a shot. And here's how, blah, blah, blah. The more I really like began to respect. Like, I didn't see a music video as necessarily being a sellout. You know what I mean? Like, having a music video seemed like part of the game now because we had that. Yeah. You know, before it was radio. Yeah. So, you know, and we're not going to get into payola, but like, radio was the way you promoted your music. And then, you know, that's how you got people to come out to the symphony. That's how you got people to come out to the whatever, you know. And, or just embed songs into your subconscious, like me and Madonna in the 90s. Sure. But that's the music video aspect of it. It's because we do engage yeah. things visually. And when you're able to add oh, yeah. a visual element to like fun, poppy music or whatever, hooky music or, you know, heavy metal or whatever. creative with it. It can be a lot of fun, you know? Right. And, and you know, that just keeps going and going and going. Because, like, we still have music videos and you used to be able to just embed them shits like right into your fucking profile on MySpace and stuff. Yeah. You know? Like, it's it's crazier now. There's VR videos. Fucking Square Pusher has one. It's phenomenal. That's like, cool. Yeah, yeah, it just basically makes it feel like you're falling forward the entire time. It's pretty okay. Incredible. Not cool. That's terrifying. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah. You, the, the trick is you lean back and realize that VR isn't real. That oh, helps. Fuck that. Oh, well, uh, but it's still like if you let yourself like, you're like yeah, that's you know, also you if you hear like a little bit, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. If you hear like whirring in the b- background, it is not in fact chainsaws or heavy machinery. Don't worry about it. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> Secret low life mission. It's also, <laughs> it's garbage day. It's garbage day today. We, we record on Tuesdays now, which I forgot is garbage day. So if you hear dogs. Yeah, no, it's like lawnmower day for me. So like, cool. they're, yes. go, they're at it. Big, big moves and changes happening here at Low Life Studios. Um, <laughs> anyway, getting back to this. Idol's yes. Rebel Yell LP would drop later that year and cement his place in music with the title track. Good song. I can't, Yell's great I, track, man. Good song. I can't say anything bad about it. But he also had two other huge hits. Uh, he had Flesh for Fantasy, another another bop, and uh, probably my favorite song, Eyes Without a Face. But it's mostly just because like, I like the echo and the fucking, yeah. just like all all the, oh God, reverb. Like in the, yeah. that, that, that synth, like just everything about that is such a weird, cool song. I don't know. I, I dig it. Uh, then 1986, Whiplash Smile sold real well, had a few hits. The following year's Vital Idol remix album spawned a massive hit in the cover of uh, with his cover of Tommy James' Money Money. The one song of his I really don't like because it's a cover. I just and it was annoying. That song every going to be a theme. Fucking wedding, man! Every fucking wedding, every wedding I've been to, every wedding I've DJed, that song has been like, "Hey, could you play that?" And I was like, "Which oh, song? Sorry, Money Money." Yeah, go put Money Money on and uh, you simulate the experience simulate the yes. experience now while you're listening to it if it's your first time somehow imagine it's actually your four millionth time hearing the song <laughs> but it topped the charts in the u.s it was a massive hit Couldn't oh yeah it. no totally 
1990, he put out the Charmed Life LP, and uh, the video for Cradle of Love was set to be shot uh, because it was featured in Andrew Dice Clay's uh, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, which... Wow. Man, look, the really? only thing about that movie I remember is that you think the koala dies, and at the end, they're on like a cruise, and they pan across there's like Andrew Dice Clay, and then there's like this little animated animatronic koala. And he's like, you didn't think we were going to kill the fucking koala, did you? And then it cuts to credits. And i that's the only the thing I fucking remember. I, I feel like I just took a death vessel. What the fuck? Like, yeah, that's yeah, because you think the yeah, koala dies, and he's like, you didn't think we were going to kill the fucking koala. Yeah, I just that's the only thing by Andrew Dice Clay that's ever like really stuck in my head beyond his. That's know, like the most dreamlike imagery. Like, yeah, uh, what? wasn't a big I even, hit. I yeah, I, I oh yeah, I don't. Yeah, that movie wanna, flopped. I don't want to know what the, I, don't, I don't even want to know any more about the movie than that. You you should. Uh, <laughs> Because I remember watching it and being like, this isn't that bad. You know, like, but it wasn't good by any means. You know, but anyway, Cradle of Love, on the other hand, massive fucking hit. Doing real great. But after, you're like, well, okay, so they were supposed to, you know, record a video. And then on my fucking birthday in 1990, Idol was involved in a motorcycle accident that nearly cost him a leg. This is in fucking February 6th. I, I was hit by a car when he ran a stop sign on the way home from the studio, and the injury was severe enough that it required a steel rod to be placed in his leg. Now, ah. <clears throat> what was really interesting about this, I did some like a, a extra reading after I took my notes and stuff, and he was, uh, in this one interview, he was just talking about the, the last, like, at this point, this album and, like, the one or two albums before that took, like, three years. You know, yeah, to it took a while. Or, like, it four years. And he said it, it just the process was fucking painful. Dude, it took like eight years to record two albums. Yeah. And like, he, 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 but I mean, at the time, though, you weren't able to get burned out on music nearly as well, or at least have like that much of an option to swap out. You know what I mean? You weren't, yeah. you just had radio or you had MTV or you had the album. You know what I mean? You weren't, you didn't have a streaming service that was going to play every fucking song that existed on random. And you weren't able to just hit, you know, skip. You yeah, know, no, you were, you were locked radio, in. You were. Yeah, you were being pummeled. With, were there like still disc jockeys, like actually like guys who are yeah, college radio actually was made, the big thing. Lists. Okay, like pirate yeah, college, shit. Okay, college radio. There were still some. I think I want to. I'm, I'm almost certain, and there might still be. And it, please, if you're going to listen to the fucking radio, seek these people out. You want AOR radio. You want album oriented, where they're able to kind of like either play the whole fucking album or play deep cuts. Like they're not yeah. tied to the playlist. And that's like there's a whole episode right there, like what happened to radio playlists after nine eleven. Like that, we yeah. can get into that at some point. But this, in uh, in fact, was like just the shit was everywhere. You know, like he was miserable. He hated fucking recording with these people. It was just turning into a real pain in the ass. Like the process of it, you had to have the musicians in the studio. You had to oh yeah, it's work. You had <laughs> fucking competing yeah. egos. You had uh, no play the note this way. No play it that way. And this is the seventy eighth take. You know, and, and yep. some people have that kind of time. I mean, I can't imagine having being able to afford studio time for fucking three years. Well, recordings like the worst part of music. Like it's, but it's the work. That's the work. Like, well, that's it, it, it is in a lot of ways. Well, the writing is the work. The performances are the work. Carrying in your own fucking gear, selling your own yeah. merch, all getting of yelled work. at by managers. It's actually Frankly, really relatable. If I think about all of this stuff, I would rather spend a day or two in a studio than have to like sell merch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. 
because you do like if especially if you're into it that's the place you want to be because that's where you're making the fucking thing but here it was just this like you had to talk to fans going on. Yeah. well there's that but there's more you didn't you didn't have to do that so much there's probably some drug use going on at this point yeah. you know starting to kind of kick in a little bit still like i don't know when he got clean necessarily that was something i didn't actually uh write down but i do know that like fucking four years man for like 10 and 12 songs that's that's a hell of a time and, and you know what maybe it takes that long i don't know people's creative processes but no idea. I, I know that he said that these were painful fucking recording experiences. They were just, he was up against the label, you know, he was, yeah, up I believe him. It sounds stressful when going right. up, like, you know, getting barked at by your managers. Right. So anyway, just, there's just, not, not a lot of creative okay. freedom there. No, you know? no, there really and wasn't. I, and, I, and I sympathize. Like that's tough when you find the success. And, but now you now don't get to do the fun thing. Only do that trick. Yeah, exactly. Like that's yeah. the curse of being successful in the music industry. Is like, okay, now bark. <laughs> and that's <laughs> you know? why it, it was funny though, because like I think they covered Money Money back like either mm-hmm. like this is from like the Chelsea days or like the Generation X days or something like that. But they, it, it seems as if that was kind of like, fine, I admit it. <laughs> this is what I've been doing the whole time. You know what I mean? Like to a certain aspect. But then, that, like I said, there's always always those weird songs that were off to the side, like. I mean, like he was being played in stadiums. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you had Obviously. something like Eyes Without a Face, which is just this like really weird, surreal love song, sort of. You know, like it was yeah. a slow dance track at the fucking school dance. The same way uh, fucking every step you take was. Anyway. Um, it was safe. Like that's the other thing I kind of get from his, yeah. for, for a lot of his music is it was safe. Yeah. And I could see that getting kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. he, was, he was like, but that's not, he was, you know, he had the success of stuff like that, but he still had that impetus from like way yeah. back in the day to just be like, nah, fuck this, let's do something else. But anyway, regardless, that impetus is still there, but the, he, he gets in this car wreck, right? It fucks his leg up. It, he almost loses the leg, right? Ugh. And this, this cost him two things, two big things. One, he was cast as Jim Morrison's drinking partner, Cat, in Oliver Stone's The Doors. And because he couldn't get around, his part was just reduced to like a small part where he's like in the background. Like he was supposed to be doing walk and talk and scenes and stuff. And it just, it didn't happen. And and this is the other thing that I think I may have heard before, but I, I keep forgetting because my brain just rejects weird information sometimes. But and sit down for this. He had been James Cameron's first choice to play the T-1000 in Terminator 2. Every time and I hear I, it, every time, every time I hear, I hear it, 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 just, it it's, it's, my brain just like... It makes sense for me, okay? Yeah. It, I could see visually that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, I I can't... Well, he doesn't have to ask. No, like something's... Pro- some, he, well, he does. Like, there is a lot well, of we got, acting. We got lucked out. Like, he, he yes. would have to do a lot of physical acting and stuff like that. But I think that they might have met when Stan Winston was doing the stop motion video for or yeah. like the stuff for one of his videos that we'll talk about later. You know I, what I, mean? I wouldn't like, be surprised. Like, but yeah, who, the, I, who wasn't really a fan of him? You know what I mean? Like, Billy Idol wasn't yeah. exactly like I never really heard anybody talking shit about him. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's no, he, he was like this, like a, a, a quantity that existed in the rotation of the radio, like. Yeah. and people didn't really complain about it that much like i did eventually when you get to moni moni because i was just tired of fucking I, I was tired of 50s and 60s songs you know what i mean I was yeah just like, yeah yeah fuck that 
Like I'm, I'm not your biggest Beatles proponent. I respect them, but I don't listen to them at all. Yeah, I'm not I'm a, tired. Of I'm them. not too much of a fan either of the Beatles, honestly. Um, yeah, I can never. I can never get into them. Yeah, yeah, I respect you their know. place in history, but like for I wasn't all sound... this shit as much as I could, you know. And oh, it's no, not like sound... hearing any new versions are going to make me appreciate them. Yeah, in a new no, the way, sound but... does not agree with me. Um, they have some really cool. They have, I, I like Rubber Soul. I think it's a good album. You know, like it's it's got some cool stuff on it. Norwegian Woods, a great track. Sure, you could definitely tell he's getting tired at this point. Um, I mean, he's gonna. Yeah, you could tell he wants to like branch out. He almost played the T one thousand, I guess. Um, yeah. So, like, you could definitely tell he wants to try and do more. Well, this that was the thing. He actually specifically said in this in that interview that like when he when he was racing home that day, he ran the stop sign because he was so pissed of like just pissed Everything. off and like what was happening at the studio that day. And yeah. he, he's like, I wasn't paying attention. I was all up in my fucking feelings, you know, and I just ran a stop sign and then boom, car hit me and I almost got locked, I almost died. You know what I mean? So he oh. has this like, this like near brush with death, his legs like being fucking bolted together. Right. And while he's in recovery, he was interviewed by uh, Legs McNeil, who was like the founder of uh, this like punk. Well, Sorry, like, what was uh, his name? Uh, legs, the perfectly named Legs McNeil. <laughs> <laughs> you're being looked at by legs McNeil as your leg is hanging off. Yeah, and he's 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 he was a publisher. He did, he was like did one of the he was okay, one of the cool. founders of like the punk uh, yeah, yeah. magazine or something like that. But uh, he noticed the electronic muscle stimulator that was like strapped to his leg, and he referred to Idol as a cyberpunk, thus setting Idol down a path. Oh man! Oh man! Yeah. So yeah. So hand off. <laughs> yeah, so he's sitting there in his hospital bed, and yeah. previously to this, now I've had conflicting sources, but I'm just going to go off of what I have. Is So I don't read the classics already. He read Neuromancer, he read Snow Crash. Yeah. Because, like, how could you not? I could see Idol getting into that, you know? Yeah. And he wanted to be more in control of his own creations, which I mm-hmm. sympathize with. Which sent him down a further rabbit hole while he's sitting in his fucking bed. There was like, I'm going to do this. That's fascinating. That word, man. Or however the fuck he talks. I don't know how he talks. He's, you know. Yeah. It eventually led him to Gareth Branwyn's 92 Manifest collection of manifestos. Is there a cyberpunk movement? Which led him into further reading into Mondo 2000 and Gareth Branwyn's hypercard stack beyond cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. So that's it. For a lot of you, you're going to know what that is. For a lot right. of younger ones, we're going to get into it. I want to take this moment to once again state that I had no idea this this existed, in spite <laughs> of the fact that I stocked it on shelves. You need to know this. Yeah, the we're album gonna... we're about to talk about, fucking, we had no, I had no idea, you had no idea, you just found a 30 a... minutes. You found out like what five minutes before a meeting, and we're like, "Whoa, man!" We're not doing what I was going to talk about. We're doing this because this is fucked yeah. up. <laughs> and I was just blown away by it. And I'm like, "Yeah, no, we need we need to do this." It. Is a this is a perfect and beautiful yeah. moment of discovery for us. Okay? Yes, it really so, is. This is really a spontaneous episode. <laughs> I would also very much like to reiterate that we are not experts. We are no, we are decently versed at best. You know, we just and want like, to talk about something that like never fucking comes up ever. Yeah, and, the well, history and, and behind that, it, and the reasoning, and this, that's another thing too. Drama. I, in all of the it, reading, like I, I was doing, there was there's so much more. There there may be a so second much. part to this episode. Like, there might be if we go too long. Like it really is. Like there's a lot here. And well, no, no, I think there's more stuff that I haven't 
gotten into yet. Like I jotted some. Oh, notes probably. Like, we're not like, gonna, we're not going to get to. Oh, that there's here. probably tons of stuff we like have only scratched the surface in. But like a- anyway, like we're, now that you know what we're talking about. We're talking about Billy Idol's Cyberpunk album is mm-hmm. 1993. So, oh my god, yes. Man. But right, we're not there yet. The it is still. It is it's still, still 92. Still 92. So, what is Hypercard for you kids out there? And, and myself, I actually didn't know what Hypercard was either because I was three at the time. <laughs> so, what is Hypercard? Hypercard was a software that let you create media with links for Mac on disk. If you've heard of Hyperlink, that is where it's from. That's it. That's all it is. It's the type of software that lets you do this. And looking at it now, it looks adorable, but at the time, it was like, oh, man, this is, this is the shit. This is the tech right here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Yeah, everything went what, quiet. You know? I got distracted yeah. by chainsaws outside. Oh, I was coughing. Oh, well, that makes sense. So, imagine a world where there was, there was like no World Wide Web, as we understand it. Everything was mm-hmm. dial-up. Yeah, from Into the Future: The Making of Beyond Cyberpunk by Gareth Brenwin, which is a wonderful boing boing article. And that was the other thing about Gareth Brenwin is uh, he's still a writer. He's a and Gareth he's still a writer for Boing Boing. But from the article from the future, quote: uh, When Apple Computer released its hypercar program in 1987, the computer world uh, scratched its read write head, not quite sure what to make of it. Yeah. In today's ubiquitous multimedia rich web content. What Hypercard heralded seemed painfully obvious. but the time, it didn't click with most people. So yeah, nobody knew what it was. And so mm-hmm. the thing led to another, which was really inevitable due to the involvement. His involvement... Brad no, wait, went, hold on a second. So this is this Hyper... Up? What is it called? Hyper... Hyper Hypercard. It's, it's Hyper literally... Card, okay, so you're, yeah. you basically, what it is, is you write a document and then you just have like a hyperlink that will jump to another part of that document? Essentially. Yeah. So you, you would have like a table of contents. It'd be like chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, chapter four. In yeah, chapter it didn't three, exist. It you could literally put links in a thing, in media, and it goes to places. But is it all self-contained within the document? Yeah. Or does it? It's no, not. You're not go- no, you're, no, no, you're not going to the internet yet. Okay. Not quite there. Okay. It's, it's happening, but like we're not right quite there. Right now, we're talking about this software, which points you into a different direction, which okay. is like trying to explain this basic shit. Because again, like like you just said, like our internet is saturated in fucking media. Mm-hmm. Like our fucking recording thing that we're using is just media on screen right now. Like we are with links using media that, at the moment. Yes. With we're links part of the noise. sound. But back right. in the day, this was fucking sorcery. <clears throat> right. So one thing led to another, which was, it wasn't a surprise because he had deep involvement with uh, the cyberpunk scene and created with the help of many others. He created beyond cyberpunk exclamation point. A do-it-yourself guide to the future! Exclamation point. Uh, it was released in 91 on a fucking five-disc set. These are floppy di- When I say disc, it is floppy disks. When you say floppy disk, do you mean five and a quarter or like three and a half? Uh, I don't know, actually. Because the three and a halfs weren't floppy, but we still call them that. I don't know, actually. I don't know. No, I, don't look at, I don't look at the size of the things. All I know is it came, when it first released in 91, it came on five discs. Right, and it wasn't cd both- yet. Yeah, yeah, CD Rob was the thing. And we but well, there wasn't in big it wasn't like everywhere. And uh right. we both looked at this thing and I've um thank you archive.org, please answer my mm. emails. Uh who have like an who have like an emulator. So I got to experience it firsthand. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's adorable. It's really cool. <laughs> right on. So this thing released on a five disc set and a single disc in 93. Mm. And Beyond Cyberpunk was this broad collection of like manifestos, essays, lists, guides to cyberpunk culture mm. uh, presented in this interactive media sort of way. Uh, kind of yeah. like what we did for like cyberpunk culture websites today with like neon, like <laughs> neon dystopia, for example, and like other things. Right. And, uh, and yeah, this is like an early version of that. And like in Gareth Branwyn and uh, he's no slouch when it came to cyberpunk culture, like at all, he was always a writer, always involved in the underground art slash cyber slash art scene. Uh, he rubbed shoulders either in meat space or digital with the likes of Are You Serious, Robert Ooh. Anton Wilson, and Bruce Ooh. Sterling, all of which nice. have content in Beyond Cyberpunk. Hell yeah. Yeah, I love Anton Wilson's, of Robert Anton Wilson's contribution to that because with literally him going, you know, a well-informed jury, you can just get the case dismissed and then just like, that's it. <coughs> oh, he's talking about jury nullification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to like basically yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like the um yeah, it's like the Doug Stanhope bit where it's like, yeah, same thing happened to me, not guilty, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's the same thing. I love, yeah, that I love bit. it. Yeah. No, I love that one. Robert Anton Wilson's <laughs> great. Uh, all these all sorts of people and all those all different ideas too. He had one um oh god, I can't remember her name. Um, do I have it up? No, she like early stuff like for like cyberpunk and feminism and like for cyberpunk and mm -hmm. everything. It was really like it was too much for me to cover in one episode. Right, which but is why was, we're talking this. There might be an extra episode in this. So like, just there might because all this ancillary shit is tells a different fun story. You know, yes, yeah, because it's this whole thing of just all these different ideas. Some of them even con conflicting, um, which mm -hmm. was on purpose. So the idea is you get like a nice broad spectrum of different stuff you could take or leave, and like all sorts of stuff of like you know music, like lists of music, lists of games, Shadowrun, <laughs> Cyberpunk twenty twenty, fucking Moses with the tablets shit. Yeah, really. It's really the foundation of cyberpunk. But like, yeah. here, here, let's get into it. So, quote, there is a grave danger in labeling. Here, here's one of my favorite quotes, and I think it, it applies more now than ever, is, quote, there is a grave danger in labeling things. It's that old map territory problem. Quote, unquote, cyberpunk is totally meaningless outside of meaningful context. Quote, unquote, cyberpunk is all caps not the thing that it names. When it's used as a sexy-sounding word to sell books, movies, or pop culture products, then that's all it is, marketing up. When, when it's used to point to something useful, hacker culture, sci-fi, underground, post-industrial music, etc., mm. it becomes more substant substantial, a way to communicate a, bit, uh, a, bit, a big bundle of ideas with one flashy word. And he goes yeah. on to explain that you should feel kind of silly saying cyberpunk. When I do. When it becomes safe or common or acceptable, you should blow I, it up and start over. Like, you should, it, the, like, he gets into, like, the Dada movement of how, like, the whole point of Dada was that Dada is actively trying to destroy itself because you should make something new. Mm -hmm. And I, I, like, I do respect that idea. Like, you should destroy th new things without, like, we were all Go sitting ahead. around years and years ago, real drunk one night. And <clears throat> of course, well, a buddy of mine, he came up with this thing that I use every now and again is, is like a moniker called the Fairweather Militia. And it's just like, <laughs> I know it's story. like, yeah, hey, we'll show up if you feel like it. You know, like that was the whole impetus behind it, the whole motivation. Yeah, behind yeah. It. 
And the bigger joke that we wanted to do with it, that was kind of like on the levels of Operation Mindfuck, was to tell like everyone we met that everyone is automatically a member, and the goal is to get kicked out. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what the parameters or the conditions for that were. But <laughs> we were like, "This is a good start, guys," and then just the name stuck, and everything else faded. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. But no, no I, I like that sentiment because it's I I get bored easily. I don't want to do something for fucking 50 years. I think the only reason I've able to be, been able to do this podcast for as long is, is, is this. Is well, it's almost like we call yeah. all, We keep ourselves interested. Like we were doing oh, yeah, different definitely. things. Oh, but, yeah. Um, no, yeah, I think at this point, we, like Cyberpunk's definitely had like obviously a resurgence and obviously like means something. Like four of them. Yeah. Like, but then it's like the example of kind of like what we're doing and other folks that we know are doing, but also in the same spectrum. I still can't fucking look up anything with the word cyberpunk in it and still get that fucking game. Ugh. So, like, it, it, you know, it's the full spectrum of, yeah. like... People marketing. were mad about the thing we're going to talk about, but not as mad as uh, this. <laughs> yes. As, 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 as the release of uh, Cyberpunk 2077 uh, just yeah. swallowing up... Like, you played it and hated it. I hate it for, like, totally different reasons. again, I didn't hate it. I had my fun with it, which yeah, isn't yeah. loving it. <laughs> No, I I hate you the know? marketing, which is like clogged up the fucking algorithm real bad. Mm. So, so oh, like, uh, a- hang on, yeah. uh, a, a brief update. Uh, NBC News, uh, as of a couple minutes ago, U.S. Capitol Police will be taking security precautions in case there are demonstrations over an indictment of Donald Trump, according to the Senate Sergeant at Arms. So nothing's happening yet, but <laughs> okay. Woo! Thanks, thanks for the news update. Yeah. So, well, yeah, yeah. Anywho, like the whole point of Dada is that's supposed to die. So, like he he goes into like here here's a good another good one that kind of sums up. So, quote: Without a self destructive mechanism built into it, the worldview can quickly become a toxic closed system. Hence, beyond cyberpunk. Yes, and why and there's like a, a di- diverse array of thoughts in this this collection. I'm for that. Yeah, I am too. Honestly, like the the. Something turning to like a toxic closed system. We've seen that actively in so many different things. Yeah, gatekeeping's a motherfucker. Is we're about yeah, to gatekeeping find out. sucks. Uh, yeah, no, be open. Like, get, get some fresh air in there. Like, you know, yeah. you can only smell your own farts in the basement so many times. Yeah, touch grass, as the kids, kids say. say. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna be 34. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be 50 in two years. Whatever. Yeah, you'll be fine. No, I'm actively no. gaining weight and aging, and just ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. I, at least I'm not the stage rival mullet. You know what I mean? Oh, you will be. <laughs> you will be. Um, <laughs> so anyway, anyhow, so a cyberpunk was a word. It was, cyberpunk was a word getting tossed around. It was on the literally, literally on the news, describing like hackers and shit. Like it, it was. Bizarre. Like I looked at old old footage too, like of the time, and I'm like, yeah, Cyberpunk was getting tossed around quite a lot back then. Um, I literally I have just a book on my some... shelf about like some of the first hackers. Like, uh, what the fuck is his name? He was he's a fucking tool. Uh, Adam, whatever yeah. the fuck. But like, the point is, is like Cyberpunk was a, was a term. Like you could literally see it on a news headline of like cyberpunks hack like you know like that was a, that really that was real that happened i'm sure you can find a screen cap from a crt like news Absolutely. item where it has like a circuit board in the in the inset picture 
and it's just some some permed man or woman sitting there yeah. with the term cyberpunks are they okay you know like yeah, 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 yeah. No, so it, it was like something being used you know like and meanwhile like there are a bunch of people who believe themselves cyberpunk listen to nine inch nails and ministry at a cafe they just you know exchange so, ideas and shit so what and getting angry so fucking what doesn't matter it really doesn't it, it, the point is, is this is a thing and so Dude, after- no, wait here fun fun anecdote i uh, oh, yeah, one sure. time i was see i was hanging out with some friends and i was kind of like dating a girl and they all said, hey, I don't know if I told the story on here before or not, but they, they, they were like, hey, yeah, like we're going to go to this thing at Kent State. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's go. And it turned out this thing was like a giant like Bible thing because <laughs> they were like they were like Baptists. They were very nice people. And I, I'm still like if I ever ran into them, I wouldn't I don't hold them any ill will. But like so we go to this thing. Yeah. And I felt like hey, it was kind of like tricked. And they're like, well, yeah, they, there's like events all day. You basically basically you're picking classes of indoctrination. And so I'm yeah, checking yeah, the boxes yeah. on my on my application. Every single one of them is like cults, uh, like whatever, like devil worship. Like I'm checking all the cool ones. And yeah, no, they, that sounds actually that but, sounds pretty fucking cool. Right. But then they changed two of them because it's like, oh, it seemed like you're really into one thing. And I was like, yep. So as we're walking around, I had just gotten um, like I had two cassettes that I was listening to at the time, like there, because I, yeah. I could fit one in my pocket and then like one in. You know, and I just use the same case for each as I swap them out. And those two albums were uh, uh, Broken by Nine Inch Nails and Fixed by Nine Inch Nails. I'm so sure like, they fucking love that. Well, they didn't know I had headphones on. So I'm like, I just don't know. I could hear it playing in the back, coming out no, of the Yeah, yeah. They were those old shitty headphones. ones that were like that, that really cheap foam around like the hard plastic and stuff. But like, wow, I, I, just give me like blast from the fucking past, man. Oh, yeah. Like, orange. I, yeah. I with used, the black yeah, headband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm walking around this thing and uh, the whole day just like, you know, listening to fucking Wish uh, like on, and, and hit that because it, it was that kind of cassette player where you could just like hit rewind and it would stop at the beginning of the song. You know, nice. like uh, it's good shit. And then at the end of the day, they had this big like in this one, not really like a like a ballroom kind of cafeteria. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But they had it all decorated. And this guy, oh, God, in the front. You talk about PTSD. This guy gets up there and he's going to sing songs to us. And what they are, well, basically, money, money, but Jesus, Jesus. And like, I'm not kidding. He, he had, he had like a foot pedal oh, drum machine program oh, thing and he'd sit there and, and then he did, uh, he did like Louie, Louie, but guess what? It was Jesus, Jesus. I mean, it was the longest hour and a half of my life. Because like uh, uh, good bands don't play that long, and he was not that. And um, yeah, we didn't hang out a bunch after that. Those friends, I think, yeah, they I broke up with the girl shortly after that. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, well, anyway, so, so all of this, with the exception of Jesus, Jesus, Billy Idol's <laughs> reading all of this. He did a Christmas album. He did a he yeah he did a Christmas album. after the events of this episode. <laughs> yes. Just keep that in mind. That's how well it goes. So oh, Billy took this, his spirit of DIYness, and over the course of like uh, ten months, he recorded an album. Now compare that to eight years, right? For two albums, or you know, like yes. three years even. Because I yes. look, I know this takes a while. Yeah, I mean, uh, fuck, oh, Peter Gabriel had a project. He loved this shit. Like Peter he, Gabriel he, did a Big Blue Ball, and that was like an email project that took like ten years to put together. 
Yeah. You know, like no one was in the studio together. They just did the well, stuff, recorded, like, set it in. Billy Idol was fascinating <laughs> with this shit. He really, he actually did make some pretty correct predictions too, which we're going to get to about technology. But mm-hmm. like he, he, he definitely saw this as like the future and like really wanted to, like Jump there is in. a weird, yeah, there's a weird alternate reality where this album was successful and like, yeah. Where instead of like we're gonna be, t- I mean we're, uh yeah, it, uh, the alternate realities would be fascinating. So anyway, using a Mac computer and software, he started recording right as the 1992 LA riots kicked off. Mm. Literally, In fact, he was it, watching them out the window. Actually, I I'm gonna get to that. Yeah, quote because I I need I need to say this entire quote. Sure. Quote: We just installed the computer in my music room. And there was a window above it, above it, overlooking the whole city. And there was a fire raging. There was smoke just pouring across the whole of LA. Uh, I, I, it was LA burning. And so I just straight quickly wrote the lyrics and sang them three times. What you're hearing on the single Shock to the System is my news reportage of what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Basically, and he we said need to this too. talk to, about this for a minute. Yeah, he rewrote the, he rewrote the song like as it was happening. <laughs> Yeah, and just sang it and got the fuck out of there. Now let's let's take the elements of this, okay? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. he's looking out the window, seeing an actual city on fire—a thing that we've only ever really seen in movies. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. You might see uh-huh. a, a house burning in your neighborhood. You may have seen a very large scale fire, but LA was yeah. like it was like silhouettes of buildings and then mad orange, right? So it's it's literally every apocalyptic, yeah, you know, fucking dystopian uh-huh. image that, but for real, and it rips his fucking brain in half yes and what he chooses to do with that is write this song that's actually a bop it's all right yeah it's not bad yeah yeah it's not bad however oh boy video oh boy (laughs) yeah um i have notes sir i have notes um yeah so anyway the point is in my somewhere in my notes all it says is because i couldn't get through the fucking videos because they're like all it says is the music videos were cringe, and that was it. Well, by today's standards, for sure. But guess yeah, what? <laughs> Even by their standards, like they're they're a bit much. I oh, look. Man. It's that he's going all in on it that makes it watchable at least once. Yeah, he's yeah, he like is. he's committed. Like he is committed Absolutely. to the bit. He really is into this shit. You know, he has now. Here's another thing we have to consider. He's coming off of massive, massive amounts of success. Like he has more money than he knows what to do with. Yes, and he has chosen to focus all of his energy into this new thing that he found, kind of like we're doing with this episode. Yes, (laughs) and he's like, you can just tell that this is such a fucking like he's so happy about this, like the just the making this. It's a joyous product, like a process for him, you know. And mm, we'll get into it. We're going to get a little yeah. into it, but like, yeah. I mean, in contrast, we have like, because I know for a fact Henry Rollins was living like in an apartment somewhere in LA mm-hmm. at this point with a roommate. And um, instead of just staying in his studio, what Henry has always done his entire life is, oh, there's danger. Let's go check it out. Let's run toward it. Yeah. Yeah. What's happening over here? So that's, yeah, there's, <laughs> Tony yeah. Henry Rollins is going to make an appearance again. <laughs> Billy's so, maybe on, you know, like painkillers. And he also is laid up with a fucked up leg. Too. Yes. So, like, we have to keep that in mind. But, like, absolutely, it doesn't excuse what happened in the video. Anyway, going on. No, it was really bad. Uh, we'll get to the. So he was, um, like, I, like I said, he was immersed himself in cyber culture, culture uh, via the well, 
uh, it was like mm-hmm. one of the old. It's one of the oldest online communities still around Wait, to this day. That's an acronym. It's like, oh god, it's kind of funny I too. It, I, I didn't even write it down. World, um, uh, world expand. Oh fuck me! It's really funny actually. I, I should have written it down. I feel bad. Anyway, so go ahead. <laughs> so I'm gonna look it up. Okay, he openly talked about the project with folks on like on, in the well, and even putting his personal email address on printed promos for the album, so fans could directly communicate with him, which mm-hmm. is pr- pretty new at the time. Um, I'd also posted to Alt.Cyberpunk, a Usenet news group. Uh, he was happy he could be in touch with his fans, but on his own terms, mm. which is pretty. Cool, honestly. I yeah. kind of have respect for that. Like, that's it's also new at the time. It's, yeah. Because again, computers weren't easy to get, they're expensive. Um, you had to be in the know to even like get on the internet. And apparently, Billy Idol needed instructions. Written oh, down here's instructions. what the well stands for. Wait. I'm oh, sorry. okay. I have to oh, do it. It's Whole Earth Electronic Link. <laughs> sure. I love it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, he. he he even needed like instructions to get how to get on the internet, which did cut into like his cyberpunk street mm-hmm. cred. But this was all new at the time. So yeah. with this going on, he hammers out an album in ten months, while previously it took him eight years to put put out two. Right. Uh, he referred to the computer as an instrument and liked how he could switch roles with Mark Younger Smith and Robin Hancock to show their talent talents up front. He would uh he would often refer to the experience as a like it felt like a garage band, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he was very nostalgic for that time period as well, because he's yeah. so fucking bored of his own fucking success. Oh or, man, if I've if I've learned anything in the last three years, <laughs> it's that I love working from my basement, and yes. I would prefer to not have to drive someplace. And oh, just if do this. if a generous soul like gave me an editing gig recently, and like I've been working, it's going to be giving me money for like the next few months, and I'm like, yeah. this is great, <laughs> you know, right? Like, this is fucking great. I love it's this. such a it's such it's a, not a lot of money, but to... you don't need a lot of money to live, you know, like it, right. it, it, well, it, I mean, it's good shit, especially for somebody like him who has like massive amounts of experience. You know, he's got ten. Oh yeah. Years. Pretty much we'll under get his to belt. how this got into the way of him getting at the nut of the problem, but like his, he, like after all this fucking success and being like you know safe and getting yelled at by fucking managers, which I could relate to, and just doing all that shit, right? Uh, you could definitely see he's like, oh shit, I get to do this myself. I get to have all of this power, you know, well, like and yeah, and he- make an album with my buds and like. Just I can George Lucas this up. <laughs> Basically, and it went just as well, <laughs> well uh, for the prequels anyway. I would argue that this was better than the prequels. This is true. I, like, Don't get me wrong. I actually like this album and we'll fucking fight anyone who like who has a problem with that. But like I, I wouldn't fight you. I would just I, be I, like, I, hey, I, like what you like, homie. I don't care. I, I got I bumped. Yeah, no, stuff. totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. So, like, when asked why, okay, here's the here's the th- here here's the good shit. When asked why he was pursuing an electronic album, he said he tried to incorporate electronic elements in the '70s and '80s, but found the tech too limiting. Mm-hmm. He found the tech of the '90s to let him do and change what he wanted. So, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't like the first industrial musicians who like found Fighting. technology in Georgia. Yeah. Like, he's not that. He needed something a little more uh, accessible. Mm-hmm. 
and it was barely well, accessible. He, he knew who like Kraftwerk was, but he didn't necessarily want to make Kraftwerk music. He was just fascinated. Exactly. He was like anybody. You'd be fascinated. Like, look at these guys just standing there with these boxes. What the fuck? You know? And it's, yeah. how are you getting all that sound out of it? You know? And he was open to that, which. Oh, yeah. He that was, was totally another thing to in the 80s, in the era of the, the sellout. That was another big thing. If, if your hard rock band used keyboards, you were sellouts. Yeah. No, I didn't make the rules. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't know. Like he again, though he was fascinated by this, like probably everybody else was, and yeah, he just was happy he could incorporate. So, like interestingly, he didn't like calling the album "computerize," quote unquote, "computerize." Right, Eddie. He stated that everything he did could have been done with standard recording equipment, but that the mm-hmm. computer sped up and simplified the process. He always believed it was a rock album, not a techno album. Yeah, and it's actually which like, I believe. If you look it up. Yeah. It's it's in rock. Like you'll find it. Yeah, in rock. and it is. It is a rock album. There's no, there's electronic elements, but there's no techno to be had. There's some decent fucking riffs. There is actually. <laughs> there's like there's <laughs> just a couple of really nice yeah. chunky riffs in there. And I was like, oh, all right. No, like stop redoing. Go listen to Cyberpunk by Billy Idol, and uh, yeah. it's you're gonna be surprised. I like Wasteland a lot, actually. Yeah, um, no, it's a I, I actually really like that song. Uh, we'll get to the ones I don't like in this bit, but like uh, Billy was real juiced yeah. up on sharing his views on cyber culture. He was, yeah, not he only was, was he making this album, right? He was like, he was in, he was just talking to everybody. Yeah. It, he was enthusiastic in speculating the future of technology throughout uh, promotion material of the album. Yeah. Uh, most of his speculations were actually 100% correct. So, like, okay, here it is. Uh, that I, it, it would allow, because ch- this is, these are his predictions. He like said in interviews and stuff uh, that it would allow cheap and efficient recording at home that uh, musicians can send their, their shit to producers and bandmates from anywhere. And the musicians can directly communicate with fans and critics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. We have all that now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, check our socials uh, just at L zero W L one F three T H E or at neon dystopia. <laughs> Yeah, and if you'd like to give us a dollar, uh, patreon.com slash neodystopia. Buy, consume, anyway. uh, That's what's up. Like, that's, you know, he was right about that. Like, this motherfucker was giving out his, uh, like, profile address on the well back in the day. And mm, we'll get to it. But there's, like, on the CD-ROM, like, we have to talk about the CD-ROM. Oh, we're we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, (laughs) But uh, he was just really excited. He was excited to talk to people online about it and and whatnot and, like, it again. He saw. He saw. And he's not the only one making these predictions, obviously. Right. But he's yeah. definitely the the most famous, like one of the more famous ones, where he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm all in for this shit. I want to mm-hmm. learn." He even called yeah. himself a student. Like when this came out and it flopped, it's like you know we'll get to the co- people claiming he was co opting cyberpunk. But yeah. he even said he's like, <laughs> "Okay, you are a rock star, Billy." But the quote was. Like I'm sorry, Billy Otto, you are a rock star. But like he said, I ain't no rock star. I am a willing. I am a eager student. I believe you know. Though, I, I I appreciate that. I do. I actually I do. But too. you are a rock star, homie. Yeah, I come hate on. To it to you. Yeah, you're like one of the iconic ones. In fact, <laughs> you know well, what I mean. Yeah, like I'm sorry. We'll we'll get to that. His success definitely yeah. played a role in in things. So in a move sure. that did not help his street cred in some degree, although the fashion show did. Uh, so one of the fashion shows he participated in did raise money for AIDS, so that's mm-hmm. nice. But yeah. beyond that, he took part in a fashion show in ninety two, ninety three, with white dreadlocks and distressed clothing. Mm-hmm. Never a good look. Never. Uh, yeah. No. We, so we if are... you have white, sorry if you have white, if you're a white guy with dreadlocks and you're listening to this, but 
nah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. If they don't occur naturally, homie. No. Just, we gotta. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. And he was uh-huh. one of the. Yeah, yeah. And I Rasta if- was like, Rasta was a big thing. Like there were Rastas in the in Cyberpunk too. Like what? Because so like you know, it's I can almost kind weird. of understand what his thinking in this a little bit because uh, I remember like way back in the Gen X days he was trying to do this like dance punk right yes. yeah ska mm-hmm. hadn't quite merged yet like it existed mm-hmm. but it wasn't yeah, I, I didn't know this yeah but you know what i'm saying so like this would kind of like that's always been part of it it's obvious he listens to that music it's obvious like a lot of his influence he's wearing a lot of shit on his sleeve on this album he is yeah he is because again he's really he's putting it fun. out there yeah but that was the other thing too like rasta's come up a few times and beyond cyberpunk and i'm like no they were there you know mm-hmm. like so it's just weird this right. fucking white, it was white dude to show up with dreads and it's like when real rastas are like you know so I and yet know. still wasn't a big a, a crime against music as is uh informer by snow i just whatever. don't listen anyway don't or do don't. i don't know uh so anyway inspired by beyond cyberpunk yeah, so, look look don't listen to <laughs> it but definitely look up the fucking lyrics to that song and tell me oh, if boy. it holds up because uh <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> no <laughs> sir what were you talking about what the well, fuck now you, now you have some homework anyway. yeah so inspired anyway. by the beyond cyberpunk exclamation point hyperstack mm-hmm. idol wanted to put out his own thing with the special edition of the album mm-hmm. in the form of a digipack feature so mm-hmm. basically like the package itself Mm-hmm. That came that came with a disc. Now we're talking about a floppy disc. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my fucking for, place for Macintosh too. I think. I believe I so. If, yes, because well, Mac, Mac was the hotness. It was, and it was also very funny in that, like, <laughs> when you look at the fucking contents of it, there's like it has the classic kind of pointillistly looking uh, Mac scroll bar. On yeah. The side. Yeah. I was just mm-hmm. like, oh my god! I was transported back to someone's basement. You know, like oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. So mm-hmm. he got. So he wanted to make this special feature in the form of like a disc you package with the with the album with the CD. And he got a bid from Brandwin to make the software. And while this is being considered by his management company, because remember he's a rock star, Idol bought a, bought a book on disc by Jamie Levy. Uh, the then author and publisher of Electronic Hollywood, one of the first magazines on floppy disk. And she's really cool. She does like tech shit now, like a lot of these fucking people do from back in the day. For sure. Yeah. But back in the day, she was definitely in a cyberpunk and did like a lot of really interesting stuff with uh, media. With and whatnot. Media, yeah. So he was really impressed and he reached out to her and got the job on a lower bid. She made a lower <laughs> bid than Brad. Um, good, so, good work. Nice hustle. Yeah. <laughs> so. Given the she was given the unreleased album to sample from any sample you want and uh no creative restrictions. Oh boy. Okay. Uh Jamie's only task when she met Idol to she hung out with him is to see what he wanted on the disc and that he wanted the whole cyberpunk genre the whole genre, cyberpunk culture represented fully. That's what he wanted. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the special edition floppy disc uh, came wrapped with the album. It was a Mac- with the Macintosh press kit titled, quote, Billy Idol's Cyberpunk. It was an industry first. No one else had ever done this before. Hmm. Uh, it was the first multimedia floppy included as a special feature in an album. 
mm. as CD-ROMs were impossibly expensive at the time. Mm-hmm. It was believed this would become a new industry standard. But due mm. to the lack of success of the album, this never happened. Again, this is we're reaching weird alternate reality shit. Oh, yeah. Where if this went differently, we would have had like albums for oh, as long as floppy disk existed packaged with a floppy disk. Yeah. Love yeah, special yeah. features. Because well, that was I mean, way more accessible. There were other uh, like albums that came out, you know, slightly before and after this, too. Like that uh, TR1, like Todd Rundgren had this weird like and it still exists. And it's really cool. But he had this album called No World Order. That if yeah. I'm not mistaken, had data in the very like the way it used to work is like the disc would read from the inside out. And at the very beginning was your uh, data. So if you were just putting it in a CD player, we just skip that shit and start playing tracks. And so that's what he did. He did this like 50 minute album, but he had a little bit of data in the middle and you could go in, I guess, and like do weird remix shit. Um, Emergency Broadcast Network years later would um, they put out a telecommunications breakdown and it came with a three and a half inch or yeah, three and a half inch. And it has that? Like, that was interesting. I can't remember. Um, I've, I've had it. I got it around here somewhere, but like the, the floppy that came with it had videos on it. And that was how I saw what Bill Laswell looked like for the first time. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> holy shit. Oh my God. Okay. Nice goatee, sir. You know, like, yeah, yeah. No, he, so yeah, it, it, people like, were doing they, stuff. Peter like, Gabriel was, did it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they're definitely, he, he had a couple of them. Yeah. That, for whatever um, reason, this is considered the first. Well, I mean, probably for popular music. Maybe. I don't know. I, well, no, I, I think it, I don't know if it was, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what was going on before because again, nobody had like, the CD yeah. ROM thing wasn't exactly blowing up yet. Like tech was still oh, dude, expensive. Like there are people who were given this edition, like to yeah. review. Like they yeah. gave it. To, they gave floppies to like critics, like actual jur- like journalists and whatnot. Right, um, right. It had to come with a transcription of everything that was on it because, because a lot because of, some of the critics write. and journalists didn't have a computer. They had no right. means of actually l- looking at the special feature because. That was the world back then. A lot of oh, people yeah. just didn't have computers. Oh, it wasn't okay, here. Th- let me. This would be a good place to put this then. So, like, I, I took a couple yeah. of screen caps from this this CD ROM. There's a YouTube. Um, maybe I'll, I'll see if I can find it again. I think I might have saved it, and uh, I'll, I'll put it in the the links. But like, there was a <laughs> there was this one screen cap I did, and it says, "Man, and it has typos and shit. It's so charming." Uh, for too long, monolithic media institutions have been handing down their version of the truth. Authority implants living mind viruses into your brain, turning you into their robot. Are you willing to let someone else make the decisions for you? Cyberpunks refuse to buy into into the one too many form of communication. One too many form of... Okay, I thought that was bad grammar, but no. I, yeah. What they're trying to say is like one to the masses. Anyway, for $500... Jesus, you can buy a computer and a modem and participate in many too many computer network communication where there are no reporters or readers, uh, only individual sharing information instantaneously. Yeah, no, the first time I read that, actually, um, I was stoned. So, um, (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, but like five hundred dollars again. That's hilarious. Yeah. Like even uh, what? Where? Who? What? Did they sell that to you for five hundred dollars because you're Billy Idol? Yeah, like, that's what I want to ask because I, 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 I don't think that's I don't. I don't think a machine that could I mean, run no fucking 1993 Pro Tools. Uh, but I mean, actually, that's that was this. What was her name that put this disc together? Uh, I'm wondering Jamie, if she hadn't written that. Maybe I have no idea. I mean, again, computers were cheap. 
either, you know? No. So, like, I could believe that a computer was $500. Maybe a good one. I don't know, man. But, like, a box standard machine? Like, I have no idea. Dude, a fucking, like, an Atari was, like, 400 bucks, you know, in 82 or whatever. The point is, is, like, this stuff wasn't, like, everywhere. There was a lot of people who just didn't either. Honestly, legitimately thought the internet was a fad or just didn't could not comp- compute or comprehend computing or just again it was too expensive and didn't bother yeah so anyway and and w- yeah well like that yeah, yeah. it hadn't blown up yet like people were still no, it had, no it had. going out <laughs> you know what i mean like or or playing like uh D or something you know what i mean like, I there were other ways to occupy ourselves yeah my family didn't have a computer and i think until like 2000 like or mm. 99 2000 now probably around like the two, early 2000s like no we it, always we had, we had one around for you know like since uh since like the c64 but it oh, was okay. mostly yeah, no. because my dad did like you know uh fucking cad work and stuff yeah. on it. like he would take his work home and stuff and work on drawings and shit at home and then he would like have to print it out on our goddamn thought matrix computer which would send yeah. a printer which literally sounded like horror show like yeah seriously all, every, all technology just, you know, i mean mm-hmm. all technology all sounded terrifying like even in, oh, even I, when we get to like the 2000s i had like i think we, our, our first computer was a gateway uh-huh um but like, yeah now, even then yeah well even now like now I, I get like little fucking twitches whenever i hear it like starting to you know move the fucking paper into place and it's like just making these clicking sounds and i'm just, i can hear in my head you know i can just hear the internet revving up and just like how it made my skin crawl when I was when I was a kid, you know. Writing a paper due the next day and then having to print it out in the morning after your mom just worked a double at the fucking hospital and it's yeah, like, then yeah, and all she your just goes to lay down amazing. and then my ten page yeah. report takes four hours to print at like maximum volume. It's, <laughs> it sounds like demons, like oh, every because everything did back then. But but yeah, this is that era. You know what I mean? This yeah, isn't now. Is. This isn't some two jackasses sitting in their fucking rooms talking into a microphone. This was that, yeah. that was. Your phone calls were barely fucking connecting at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, we we would have to be in the same room to do this. Oh god, damn. And we, and with, with, it would just literally just be us, our dumbasses, with like a tape recorder. Like, and here's this it. dude, fucking Billy Rebel Yell Idol, being like, "Dude, I just read a bunch of essays and shit, and now like, I, oh yeah, this is another fun thing that I, I forgot to mention. So like, just to interject, like we're we're gonna probably talk about some of the music videos, but like, definitely, I want to talk about Shock to the System in that. Okay, so Bill, one of big like his his impetus to get into this was he had seen Lawnmower Man and loved it. Like Billy Lawnmower loved that. He fucking loved Lawnmower Man. Uh, I could see Billy Idol loving him some Lawnmower Man. Loved it, loved it. And in nineteen eighty nine, like Tetsuo the Iron Man had come out. All right, yeah. So this is four years later, and he puts out this video based upon. His experience being laid up with a busted leg looking out the window at a burning Los Angeles during riots for, you know, all these cops. Like, he, he was, like, his reasoning for this, his like where his emotions, it seemed to have come from, seemed to come from the right place. Because he was just yeah. like, yeah, they just they just let these fucking cops off. Like, what the fuck? He's like, the only way we're going to be able to fix a broken system is to cause riots. Like, his impetus behind the song is good. A lot of, a lot of it, honestly... We, it has our sympathies like i do talks about it like everything where it's like and again nobody really has anything bad to say about billy idol outside of like he's famous is yeah, like he he's apparently a very yeah he did some drugs but yeah, who hasn't like, like he's, he's apparently a very nice man and yeah. 
you know, he's an old punk, and I'm like, I, I, I sympathize. And and he sees this, and it looks like the apocalypse to him. You know what I mean? But yeah. anyway, so he writes, he writes this fucking song, and then he the music video for it. Now we need to talk uh, about it for a second. Yeah, please describe this to me because I didn't, I couldn't get through them, and I didn't reach the part. Okay, that you're so. About. So this this is a it's it's oh man it's a lot of things it's a one of those shot perspective like from above looking down a lot of uh, chain link fences uh, there's something in the background that says like terminus zone in like really cool big you know sci-fi lettering which might actually just be a real location they just decided to shoot there uh, there's a right. There's a riot going on. There's a scenes where like he's walking around at the beginning of it with like a hood on, and he's got a little tiny video VHS camera, like mini cassette camera. <clears throat> but the cops catch him, and the cops are dressed in all black, and they come up to him, and, and they start beating him. And one of the first cops to beat him is a black dude. Oh, and it's oh. like, oh, bo, 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 buddy, 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 buddy. But oh. once you get past this massive amount of just like, man, that wasn't a good choice, you get. You gotta. Here's the thing: the video is directed by the guy that directed Lawnmower Man, and there's a bunch wow. of stop motion special special effects because, like, the cops beat Billy Idol down and punch him; like, blood comes out of his mouth. Right? They're beating the fuck out of him, and they <laughs> smash his camera with like a bat, and then the pieces fall down on him, and then he's laying there, and the lens crawls into the palm of his hand, and like seals up as the wires are pulling in and then it cuts to just him going through this fucking Tetsuo the Iron Man meets Hellraiser 3 thing where fuck? part of his head like he's got his hair is like done in these really tight little spikes and yeah, that, uh, he's not he's not in dread mode yet okay he doesn't get yeah, it yeah. Um, but for by the end of it like half of his head is like this it's a cyborg head it's like half camera and shit that and, like, I, I've seen is VHS and it has well. like little plastic spikes that are like kind of it. It's cool. Like it looks yeah. fucking great. Oh, and all of that is good. done by Stan Winston, like wow. the fucking special effects master. So like, there's just a lot going on here that isn't wow. great, but also fucking is really great. Yeah, I saw, I saw <laughs> bits of stills of it and bits of it. I didn't realize this from the music video because they released a VHS tape. Oh which yeah, if yeah, anybody, yeah. Anybody it's has. like 16, 17 minutes, like like four videos done kind of as a piece. Yes, it yeah. was like a special again, like a little booster, like promotion. Oh, dude, you know, it looks badass. The cover for it looks it's it's that image with you know Billy Idol doing his infamous because that man's face is the made sneer. Of yeah, yeah it's like being all Tetsuo'd up, and I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool because you know I love fucking love me some Tetsuo the Iron Man. And but here's the thing: when he moves in that mode, it is like Tetsuo the Iron Man, which was stop motion when he like finally yeah. reaches his final form. This is like. There's a lot going on here. And I, it's like, I don't, I can't, like, I can't hate parts of it, but I absolutely, I'm just like, ah, maybe you weren't, like, shouldn't have been the guy, <laughs> you know, yeah. that gets beat. Like, uh, that's, that, that no, seems like yeah, no. putting that's... yourself in the middle of the problem for me there, buddy, you know, but yeah. again, here's the other thing, and I'm not forgiving him this, but I'm understand. like, I can empathize with his position. Because he's an enthusiastic amateur when it comes to a lot of these thoughts. I think a lot of people were right. trying to figure out what new ways, especially when it came to Rodney King, of like how to think about this shit. And well, even beyond that, think about this. This man has had so much like success in the So years. much. Then he's stuck laid up for a year with a shattered leg. And he starts to obsess on something. Yeah. And he seems to be a decent person. 
You know what I mean? Like in general. So he sees injustice and recognizes it, but he can't kind of put himself in the place of things. He just sees it as being wrong. And when he makes the video, maybe it's the director, maybe it's the label. I don't know. But they're like, yeah, we'll just have you going around with the thing. And, and Billy's like, yeah, that seems like a great idea. And none of them are really thinking about it because they just kind of want to make this video. And they're working with yeah. Stan Winston and they're excited about it. Oh, God, this is the guy that directed this great movie I love. They might have gotten past themselves with it because it's definitely like it's a yeah. halting moment. <laughs> you know uh-huh. what I mean? Like you're, you're, you might yeah, that might be great. where you turn the video off. It's not great. It, it, you skip ahead speculate. to first. You skip past it's... the part where he's laying on the ground. Like if you just scan yeah. ahead and skip that part, yeah, it's, it gets kind of cool after that. Yeah, but, but like we could whose fault that is, but like I, I don't know, it's not, not great. Yeah, I didn't want to. You know, <sighs> well, well, well I mean, after, that's I get. Yeah, after I get ahead. through a few bits, we're gonna. I got, like riff. Page, I got like a page and a half, and we're gonna riff. And I really want to talk about how his success kind of got him got in the way of him getting to like the nut of the problem the nut yeah. of the problem because he's clearly again he's very enthusiastic and i believe i would like to think his heart was in the right place as well but again having this kind of money and success kind of does blind you a little bit and uh, well, but it anyway, pulls you out of the day-to-day it does it absolutely does like motherfucker was able to buy a computer get had it installed in his fucking at-home recording studio and then have what's his name robin hitchcock come over yeah. Or no, so, no, no, not Robin Hitchcock. Robin, uh, still hell of a producer, yes. hell of a keyboardist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, go ahead. so in '93, there was the No Religion tour. No Religion is taken from one of the lyrics of uh, "Wasteland," one of the first, which is a cool song. It is a cool song. You should go listen. I don't to care it. that song. Yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed that song. So, where Idol tried to experiment on how a show was presented, the stage was done up to be all dystopian, high tech. He mm-hmm. wanted to use uh, Blendo images, and that's mm-hmm. a theme throughout the entire marketing process, the album art. It's all done in Blendo, so everything looks really ragged and gross and stepped on. Yeah. And uh, images, he wanted to use Blendo images projected behind the band to mm-hmm. shift with as the music is playing in accordance mm-hmm. with the music. Yeah. So we got a guy. He got a sound. He got an engineer. Done up to look like another member of the band mm-hmm. with a computer machine to shift the images as they were playing as if the machine was an instrument. Fucking dope. Which is pretty fucking cool. Um, uh, points, are, I don't think anybody yeah. is doing it quite like this. I don't think anyone's no. ever done it quite like this before. You know what I mean? Oh, this is where we got to the note where I just say all the videos were cringe. Okay, moving on. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't know. I didn't watch the other ones. Um, yeah, because I, I just like I, I don't know why. I, like, there's no real reason for it. Yeah, no. Like, there, was, there were music videos of um, there were music videos of heroin, shock to the system, which I think was the video you were you saw. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Adam and Chains. Yeah. And, oh, so uh, I, this is where I'd like to jump in, like a callback to Generation X. Yeah. Um, while they were on this No Religion tour, okay, on September twentieth uh, of nineteen ninety three, during the England leg of the No Religion tour, Generation X reformed for a one-off performance at the Astoria Theater in London's West End. Oh, Yeah, cool. so they all got back together. And it was like, yeah, no hard feelings. And they're like, yeah, thanks for the gig, dude. You know, like, I hope. Oh, yeah, no, I hope it was the like everyone was nice to each other, you know? Oh, and they also did uh, later on hook up with um, some of the members, like a couple of the surviving members of the Sex Pistols. And they did this thing called Generation Sex where they covered each other's songs, which I think would have kind of been a fucking cool show. I, I, I yeah. don't like the Sex Whistles, but I was like, you know what? Eh, that's kind of well, fun. That sounds fun. Yeah, honestly, I'd probably just, Johnny Lydon's just a piece of shit now. Uh, 
Yeah. Oh, and, and here's the funny part. Like for uh, this was another piece that I didn't write down, but I, I was not going to forget. So you know how he like he, he did this whole thing where he was like following around the Sex Pistols. Yeah. He fast forward a bunch, and like Johnny Lydon was just like, "Fuck him. He's a little fucking pop seller." <laughs> like this was like around the time this album came out, and then you fast forward to now, and he's like wearing a fucking you know Boris Johnson shirt and a Trump hat, oh, yelling at his window, drooling on himself. Oh god, it's so fucking disappointing. Fucking god damn it, man! He did vocals on a Left Field's first album. Fucking piece of shit. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we could rant about that for a while. So, so yeah, no, like the stagecraft was really fascinating. That's really fucking cool. Right. Oh, did but you now, part about the high mm-hmm. cameras? No. What about okay, that? Okay, so while this guy, what you know where he's getting his inputs, where he's getting his visual inputs? Where? I, I didn't there know are, like There are a bunch of people in the audience with these high eight cameras that are taking nope. images and shit. That's really cool. And those were feeding live into this fucking control console. And you have this so dude that, manipulating it like with the music while yeah. it's being putting effects on it. it. Oh, that's actually really fucking cool. <laughs> No, I got a chill when I put it all together. I had to read that part a bunch of times. I didn't do that. Like, that, that, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's really, that's really fucking, awesome. fucking cool. <laughs> Shit, was like, come on, you know? Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I that's just, this is one of those things where I think like his head was in the right place, even oh, if he wasn't actually nailing it. He like he, absolutely. He was, he was definitely doing this in good. He was on to something. Like his, he was. This was some good he's creativity. Like, yeah, no, he really did. He's, and he also, he said that in a, like later interviews and stuff. He's like, dude, I never felt more alive than when we were working on that album. He's like, oh, it was I, the most I, fun, creative, like shit he ever did. And he's like, it's oh, a I shame it didn't it. go anywhere. Oh, we're going to get to like what happened. Well, actually, you know, we're at that part now. Okay. So how was it received? Not well. Not great. Uh, the mainstream, the mainstream didn't get it because it was too different. And yes. the cyberpunks saw it as a blatant commercialization of their movement. Mm-hmm. In 95, writer Jack Bulware asked a group of former Mondo 2000 staff when Cyberpunk died. The answer was, quote, 1993, the release of the Billy Idol record. Oh. Uh, from the alt.cyberpunk Usenet, who at the time said there was no cyberpunk fashion in their FAQ. Uh-huh. No matter how sincere, quote, no matter how sincere his intentions might have been. Scorn and charges of commercialization have been heaped upon him in this and other forums. Uh, as, one can, as one can imagine, William Gibson was often asked about the album and the commercialization of cyberpunk. Yeah. He was more bemused than angry, seeing what yeah. Billy was doing as, quote, very silly. Quote, yeah. I just don't get what he's on about. I don't see the connection. I had lunch with Billy years ago in Hollywood. I thought he was a very likable guy. He had a sense of humor about what he was doing that is not apparent in the product he puts out. If I run into him again, we can have a good laugh about what, what he's doing now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it got panned universally. Um, time. Except for, and I didn't, uh, like, this is the only review I remember of at the time being like, what? It was uh, <laughs> Entertainment Weekly, which is notoriously wrong pretty, pretty shit yeah in this instance gave them a he gave him a b plus <laughs> That's it's like every other one was like two stars star and a half uh yeah, this every, is every, dreadful i cannot emphasize enough how much everyone fucking hated this i album. mean as like when we were talking about generation x getting like shitty reviews they were nothing compared to this and here's no. the thing 
All right. So little anecdote. I was working at a record store at the time. Okay. okay. I remember like I, when I first heard about this, I had, I was like, I've never fucking heard of this. Of course I have. Cause I, I was thinking of like, I was, I was working at like, there was no way I was either working at if like music Oasis. I think I was either working there or I was working at like Best Buy, but I think it was music Oasis. And then, all right, we'll get to it. Music Oasis was part of National Record Mart. And I worked out on this like plaza version of it. It was called Music Oasis. And we received so many fucking long boxes of that goddamn CD. We had flats. <laughs> like, uh, literally, this unlocked PTSD for me for this fucking album. Because, like, we never listened to it in the store. No one cared. Because the only thing we were listening to was, like, like if the one guy was working, it was, like, fucking Hootie and the Blowfish. If somebody else was working, we were listening to, like, The Cure, which is more my speed. And, you know, yeah. Like early Verve, like before they were the Verve kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This thing, there was no place for it. Like there was no context. There was nowhere to put it. You couldn't put it in rock because rock was currently being taken over by like the grunge movement. This yes. was not R&B. It was electronic-ish. But like no one was really buying Vaporwave at the time because all you had was like Jan Hammer and uh, Harold Faltermeyer. And if like you don't know these names, like there you go. But like there is like vaporwave synthwave kind of like some industrial stuff that like exists today that isn't as good as this album and yeah. yet this album isn't great but i really had a great time listening to it the first time i remember Same, sitting down with I, this being like you know what fuck yeah man you know yeah, like, it was this, it was a new experience but i don't hate you, you know yeah I mean? no like, like it was a new experience cuz here's the thing put yourself in like again like in going to beyond cyberpunk if you go into the music Right. Yeah. And it goes it gives you lists of, you know, things that they considered cyberpunk music. You got nails on there. You got ministry. Yeah. You got yeah. KMFDM. Sure. This is because it's hard. It's good. It's hard shit. It's underground. I would argue time. there's one song on here that I would love to hear fucking KMFDM cover. Yes. <laughs> like like the, for Oh, sure. there's some songs in here I was kind of surprised no one ever covered, but I think it's just because this album was largely considered shit for so long. Yeah. But like that was the shit that like they consider cyberpunk. And because at the time it was underground and scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, especially having said like talking about the tears, you know, the, the R&B hip hop thing being like dominant, your mm-hmm. grunge rising and underneath grunge it all. Was rising. Was, he, Billy Idol actually was called techno this. and like fucking industrial were definitely having its time underneath it all. Yes. Yes. Like Moonshine Records was putting out these mixed compilations yeah. and shit, Smile, like all these Billy other Billy Idol fucking... even called this album his answer to grunge because he just yeah. wanted to like keep, you know, he's hearing these people, like, I didn't want to talk about but now I have to, is like, you know, I think the quote was like he heard like, you know, you know, Kurt Cobain talking about punk and Courtney Love talking about punk and he's like, well, I'm from the 70s. Yeah. I was there. <laughs> punk. Check this like, out. Yeah, <laughs> like he was really trying to like, I guess, grasp what he was about you know well and, yeah and he's also older yes and he's even. also turning back upon like that that sense you know that that feeling he's from a different era something. because also it, there's i think there's a few factors that get into it and you know my brain just bimbified as soon as i got home from writing all this but um there's definitely uh, he's here here's the thing okay he's a british guy from the 70s living in america and punk where he's from during that time period is not punk that he is in the 90s in the 90s you got henry rollins going home with some motherfuckers teeth you mm. have like american punk which is a very different thing oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it is you working got, class it's very working class it's very like you know grungy, scream, 
You got yeah, it, uh, it's good shit. I enjoy it. I that's definitely punk. Fugazi. I thoroughly, thoroughly Fugazi, yeah. Black Flag, all the different like you know, um, Bad Brains, like all bad the brains, all the yeah. stuff that I oh, Bad Brains are great, but like um, all the stuff that I thoroughly enjoy. But like he's from a different era from that when you didn't like knock out someone. So well, here's it, the it, thing: he didn't do the thing that some people try to do at the time. So yes. People see that grunge is rising, as it were. Yeah. Okay. I hate fucking using this term, but I just don't feel like describing every band. Yeah. They, this thing is happening. The sludgy sound is happening. He didn't want to do that. The punk instinct in him was to go against that. Yeah, I want to do something new. Did you hear that? I know. I can still hear it. Oh my god. He's okay. Aesop's next to me, standing on a toy, and he like shook his head, so it squeaked real funny. Like I don't know if you heard that or not. It's fucking adorable. Anywho. But yeah, like his his reaction wasn't against like the music industry in general. It was just like, oh, well, this thing's popular. Well, I'm not going to do that. Not because like what could, he was probably like, what can I add to this? You know, this conversation? Yeah, I don't How think about, he thought it was bad. He just wanted to like do yeah. something else and get back to his roots. And like he was, again, yeah. fascinated by all the shit. He was God, really he, all in. I could just see him with like a baseball cap and a T-shirt. And he, you know, he's holding a skateboard over his shoulder, walking into like trying to do a grunge album, being like, hello, kids. I, too, you know, am dissatisfied with, you know, like, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, didn't you say actually, like, we, were, we, were, we were talking about this? <laughs> it's would surprise no one if we found out that Billy Otto just went to like a ministry show, you know, I believe it. Yeah. Like or, te- or any like really any rave like he could just walk in and just like. Just take like, it in because none of us knew how to think of that shit at the time. Yeah, like a lot of the imagery that we see now, you got to understand this is fucking six years before the Matrix. Everything was, oh yeah. man, listen, this CD ROM used all the colors and they weren't, it didn't make sense, you know, like it, there's, there's like gray with pink and it's just insane looking, you know. If you've never seen like graphic stuff and like old, fucking old, like angel fire ass, like old ass websites and stuff or yeah. like cd roms mm-hmm. oh my god i remember i got this software for my uncle that was like a voice activate it's supposed to be like the computer in star trek and <laughs> like you would just install this thing and i told him i was like here i figured you'd really dig this and he's like yeah and then i i saw him like a few months later and he's like yeah i'm still working on it and i'm like what do you mean he's like you have to read the word in your own voice every time like for five or six times so that it can hear you say it five or six different times. And then it kind of works pretty good. And I was like, Oh God, it doesn't work at all. Does it? He's like, no, it doesn't work very well. <laughs> yeah. But people, like people were trying, but yeah, like, you know, it would have, it was like a gray background. It didn't look different than your like Mac background and it had yeah. like, or, or even your windows background. And it had, you know, as far as the frame goes where like your icons would sit, it wasn't it pretty, like but big saw the buttons on it, you know, yeah, like, yeah, no, like it wasn't pretty, but people saw the potential, you know, like, oh, and, and also that, the CD-ROM, like when uh, you mm-hmm. said that she was allowed to use like anything from like the music or the videos or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, she was allowed to sample anything, yeah. Some of these features are hilarious because uh, sometimes they like it doesn't work right. Like none of the stuff. <laughs> well, what did it, she, she took really cool, I would say, dun, 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 like one or two second loops from the songs, like a beat or like a loop of a keyboard or like something. Like it's never a full song. It's always just a tiny little element. And depending on what page you went to would determine what was playing in the background um so there's like one bit that actually has like you click on it and it talks it has this big essay you know of which i read that like piece you know from before there's yeah. one that's like uh the credits there's uh one for like all the song lyrics and, and then there's one that has like art and stuff and the one thing is it's it says billy uh mondrian you know 
and it's you know like the artist uh, that does like the blocky red white blue yeah yeah know, kind of blocky oh, stuff yeah. um so you click on it and basically you know how like when you used to win solitaire on an old pc and all the cards would just bounce <laughs> So what this would do is these images would come up on the screen and some of them would like zoom in and some of them would bounce and leave a smear and all like all of this other shit. But it was all these like blendered pictures of fucking Billy Idol and stuff. And it's charming. <laughs> like I'm looking at it and it looks like every vapor wave image that has like the grid in the background and then like the, the Greek bust, you know, and I, oh, wow. Oh, I Great. I, I I may have to put that link in the, the description because no, it's, by, it's, definitely seek it out. Seek these things out. They're part of history. It's, like, it's fascinating. Like, I think that's the thing about it is that I had yeah. such a this is why I'm having such a reaction. It's not that like, hey, look, this is a great album that y'all should check. It's more like, how did I not know a fucking thing about same, this? Never before you mentioned I it, I know it. Yes. I have seen this cover art. I saw the digipacks like I, I felt them. I know what. It, I, oh, had, I did. I, no, this was all entirely new from the visuals to everything. I never knew this album fucking it, existed. Never came because, up. Well, that's the thing, because everything else was going on. Because, like, yeah. this big sludgy distortion movement was happening underneath, like, this giant, like, I mean, like, hip-hop and R&B was having its fucking moment in a way oh, that, like, yeah. it, it was fat. It was huge, you know? And this was just like, nah. You know, like, I, it was... It, oh, man. Do you ever wanted have, to do like, its own... Wanted to do that was enough. It's actually funny you mentioned hip hop because I remember reading that Billy Idol was like he wanted to emulate what hip hop was doing in the idea that people were making this stuff in like their basement, basically. And yeah. Like, again, that, well, let's get into it because this was a thought I had for a while talking about this. Of he wanted to try and get back at the roots of like being able to like you know garage band, like being able to record stuff in your basement and have the the production, the freedom of production for yourself instead of having somebody yeah. else fucking like do a it four track on the floor and you're all are mic'd and let's make this yeah one but his success and again it's not a perfect album but i believe that a lot of his success got in the way of him being able to feel that or get to that in the way that i think he wanted yeah he wanted to be hungry again yeah and to, he did because well, like, he i believe arnest honestly i believe he remembered a time like that but he wasn't yes. experiencing it on a level where like he's he's definitely not, the only reason he's not eating is because cocaine. Yes, you know, absolutely. For two days, you know what I mean. Yeah, like that absolutely. that would be the reason why. But like, yeah. I I think that he was you know just conceptually like like, like in his life removed from a, that that time where he's yeah. still sympathetic to it because he was there once. Yeah, he feels but, he's experienced it, he's felt it, and he wants to get back to it to have that creative process and that feeling. But it's impossible. You have more I mean, money than God. The thing I'm going back and forth with is like, would a would a few more months have helped? Would a rewrite here and there have helped? Would a, some time to know. sit with it? Because here's what I feel like what happened is uh-huh. he, when work began on this, it was furious. It was yeah. every day, yes. every day, banging away, banging away. This is good. Working on it, iterating, iterating, and finally he just like he's so exhausted at the end of this process, and he's doing this while laid up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like his legs all fucked up. You know, for for a while, and he's like eating some Vicodins and stuff and trying apparently to get this shit banked out. Apparently that's just what Billy Idol's like. He really work. He works like as far mm-hmm. as like, like famous yeah. people fucking go. Like I have to respect him. The fact that like motherfucker works, <laughs> he does like he's what? 60 something now. What? He was born in 55. 
Uh, so, uh, 2015, Jesus Christ, 60. He's almost 70 and he's on fucking tour. Yeah. Like, what, the guy it's interesting. Works. It, like, he likes it's to work. He likes to and make it, music. You yeah, know, he, like, does, he does. And it's sad right. because after this album, I, I forgot to write this down, but after mm-hmm. this album, he didn't produce another album for 13 years. Yeah. Uh, he just he, did some. He did some tours and shows and stuff, and that was bad. He did tour he shows were. Yeah, he, he wrote songs busy. for a few different people. Mm-hmm. He I know got he wrote work, a song, with, but he uh, like, like this, I feel this took. Yeah, he yeah, but I feel this took the wind out of him a little bit. You know, like he didn't well, produce he his own so album. Too. He did, and it didn't do well. And I could, I could see that crushing yeah. you a little bit. Like that fucking sucks, dude. I'm sorry, but like you know, you put all your heart and soul into something, and. Every and everybody time didn't and like you're it. feeling it and like it just didn't didn't fucking go that's gotta that's i mean uh, yeah he didn't, put, he didn't produce something reading, until 2006 right all well all of the all of the research he was doing you know around it you know the fact that he was like he just liked everything about it yeah you know he, he had did. you know he he wanted and he, he still had that like idea of the you know the tearing down for you know the thing yeah and I'd like to think it wasn't just the aesthetic. I think because, you know, there was a time where he was hungry. I think he really wanted yeah. to learn about the stuff. He really wanted to try and be a part of it. And he again, I think that the, the underdog is the more compelling character. Oh, yeah. And I, again, I feel there's an alternate reality where this where that happened, you know, because yeah. like everything, everything about it, like there's definitely like the turning <laughs> the threads of fate and the turning points of history, like were happening <laughs> during the creation of this album. And yeah. I feel his success really hindered him. It hindered how people perceived the album as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, his last hit before this was Money Money. He went from yeah. literally like a pop hit cover hit that was dominant. Mm-hmm. Like every, like I said, every fucking wedding. Like I, it's actually like the one song I just, I, I'll skip that one. You know, like I don't need to mm-hmm. hear that song again. But he went from that to this, basically. And it it's sad for me because he did try and do what Brenwin said. Well, no, it was Cradle sense. of Love. That was the one after it. But like, Money, yeah, Money yeah, was the yeah, you're hit. right, you're right, you're right. But like, he um, tried to do the thing where it's like, no, make the new, make some the new thing, right? And for him, at least, this was all very new. And he tried to do something new for himself yeah. for like everything and maybe it was seen as derivative or commercial i don't even think it was seen as derivative it was just because all this technology was new but it was like it was definitely felt more commercialized but it's kind of like he could have put out anything and it would have been seen well, as commercialized see, like that was it, also part of coming off of the 80s where people thought that keyboards softened the sound somehow like bands got away with it journey yeah white snake for sure. sure you know even fucking you know uh, van halen and stuff eventually did that caused people to tamp that down but there was always that sentiment that you, all you really wanted in your rock music was guitars drums bass mm-hmm. vocals and this is so pissing in the face of that <laughs> because yeah. it's like so much further there were other people using drum machines there were other people you know using analog gear and you know some digital gear and stuff like they were able to use sequencers they, there was Stuff like that at that time, for sure. I mean, Erasure existed. You know, Pet Shop Boys existed. Yeah, if we're talking like pop synth stuff. Yeah. But this like was him trying to do everything through the bottleneck of a fucking Mac running Pro Tools in nineteen ninety two. Which is to me, oh, it's that's 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 delicious. (laughs) Like you know, like he was obsessed with this and it hurts that it fucking failed. <laughs> yeah, it, it fair, does. None of those songs fit on the radio at that time. Not a one. 
Not no. a fucking one. No. Not a one. And they're all, like some of them are really I enjoy. Like I said, I enjoyed that album. Like I did. I'm not going to defend it. Yeah. I just had fun with it. Yeah, same. It, it's not a perfect album. I, I, uh, Mother of Dawn is an awful fucking track, in my opinion. I couldn't. But it's fucking... the ending. We've talked. We talked about this a little bit. Off, yeah, because right? the album is. It's not. It's a concept album, and yes. it is in some way trying to tell a story between, like, going through, moving through a dystopian society. I mean, come on. There's even a it's song very called "New Romancer." Like, oh yeah, yeah it's no, very... and he he he, call, he he pronounces it "New Romancer," which I'm like, have I been mm-hmm. saying it wrong this whole time? Or is he... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. But yeah, it, it's a slow like journey, it. and it ends with this really. All right, you describe this fucking song. It's okay. So like, it's almost describe like Mother a, of Dawn. It's almost like a KLF song with like the full chorus of women that they <sighs> they would do, like the KLF. Yeah. Except this is so cheesy. Like, yes. there's no. It's. So you have this really depressing, well, not depressing, but you have this this, this album that he's he's trying to talk about dystopia. He's trying to talk about uh, an oppressive system and breaking that system and rioting. Okay, like in all these different ways. He does a cover. There's a cover of Heroin by the Velvet Underground on it that you won't recognize unless you realize. Yeah, it's no, a cover I didn't. Because it's, it's, considered one, it's considered one of the worst covers of that song ever made. And yet I like it. I think it's yeah, cool. it's fine. I didn't. And actually, I, I could mix yeah. it into a set and not feel too bad about it. Like, yeah, the, I the thought one it was song fine. is like, what? Well, wait, no, well, anyway, but the, but then it like you, so you get through all this stuff, and some of it's faster. Some of it really evokes like a sense of like Lords of Acid for me, like in a the little, speed mm-hmm. of it, like a little bit. Like you, you'll you'll understand if you listen. Like it's not a Lords of Acid song, but it has that kind of like lurch. That that on the one kind of hit that like a lot of music at that time didn't quite have. Fuck's sake, um, Power Junkie at the end uses the Amen break. Like it's yeah, there's a lot going it's, on here. There's it even, uh, the album the, even had like stitches. Yeah, like the album, Yeah, the album even had like interludes. Yeah, there's like, an intro and an outro and like five interludes. Yeah, you know it's only thirteen tracks. You know what I mean? But like it's twenty if you count all you know the beginning, the ending, and the middles. And some of them are just like found footage. Some are field recordings. One of them is yeah. literally fucking Muhammad Ali. You know, yeah. And there's one that's trying to hypnotize you. Like, um, that oh, was my no, other. That's that, not. That's actually half of a song. Yeah, that's not even it, an interlude. I think we both agree that could have been cut down a little bit because it goes on for a little too long. But Adam and Chains is a good song. That, when you okay, so it's like that a was, six minute track, and the first three minutes starts with, and this is its first mistake. Would you like to be hypnotized? Okay, no. it's always it's always the answer and then this guy does a really bad job of it for three minutes like i know it's that was yeah that was that's a critique is like they could have cut that shave that down a bit well no they could have done that with a rewrite and they needed to pitch the voice down yeah or like okay here's that would have been cool if that would have been cool if it was just like you know do you want to be hypnotized yes that's what I'm saying. You pitch yeah, that. Down. That would have been cool. Because when you mm-hmm. get to the the singing part, that part's nice. It's very yes, enigma. Mm-hmm. It's like the lyrics are cool. Like the way he's singing, his melodies are really cool. It's super fucking. It's like chill room with the rave levels. I would it's like almost like a guy who hung out with Susie Sue. Yeah, like, it's, it's actually it's, not bad. it's funny because I hate half of that song. I don't hate yeah, it. Uh-huh. But it's just like I was listening to it when I was like driving around this morning and. uh Mm-hmm. That came up, and I was just like, okay. So I turned it up. It doesn't help, turns out. Um, <laughs> there's really, it's just, there's some moments in it where, okay, I have a fun story. 
This is what it reminds me of. <laughs> oh, no. The time you got hypnotized. No, it was close. Uh, what okay. had happened was there was this one. There's this truck stop we used to hang out at. And it also had this cool, weird little bookstore that had like new age shit in it. And for gags, we'd go in there. Like they started ordering like Robert Anton Wilson books for me, which is cool. Oh, that's cool. And I, I like the guy that owned it. And I, I actually got most of my books from him that way because I wasn't into all the other stuff. I was just, mm-hmm. I was into Bob. That was enough. <clears throat> but, you know, me and friends, we'd all hang out there. And one time we, they, they had these like guided meditation cassettes. <sighs> this is one of the greatest things that has ever happened in my life. So I'm with a very dear friend of mine. We're, we're in his room. We're like laying head to feet on the bed, waiting for some mushrooms to kick in. And we put this tape on. Oh, I'm staring no. Up, I'm staring up at a, a picture of uh, Bjork from, uh, oh, God, what album was it? Post? No, the one after that, where she's all like done up like a geisha. Nice. And it's all like her dress. It's like silver and white and black and red. And she has these like. That's a good album. <coughs> fractal pattern. Pad- yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Excuse me. So, I want to take acid and look at poster Bjork. No, nah, it was mushrooms. Yeah, I, it's very specifically it, like this is a different time. You know? What oh, I mean? like, that's good. Yeah, no, acid would have been it. way different than this. This, this was. Yeah, was not say, yeah, no, mushrooms of Bjork sounds fun. Actually, that sounds like. Well, we weren't listening to Bjork. It was just this giant poster of her from this album cover. I wish I could remember the name. Of it. It was <laughs> you're cool looking at a picture of Bjork, album. and it's you're listening to a guided meditation. Yeah, so this woman gets on, and she's talking about like we're on our backs. We got the we got like candles lit and shit because we're like, yeah, let's try this. Yeah, well, let's see some mushrooms and listen to guided meditation see what happens what happens is it's <laughs> wonderful like she's doing a great job and she's talking about like it, this one was for astral projection so she's talking about <laughs> like you know, she's like you know t- tense your fingers you know you know t- tense tense your one finger and then release and then like tense your neck. and she's going through each body part like tense your ears up the release switch Did it work? Nose, release well and she's, she, this is the whole one side. Okay. We're, we're actually, I'm, I'm actually like, my eyes are closed. I can feel I'm, I'm leaving my body. I go outside. I, I can feel myself floating because we were in the, the top floor. So I can feel myself passing through. I'm tripping. Who gives a fuck? This ain't real, whatever. But you know, my brain thinks it is. And I'm, I'm like passing through the roof. You know, I'm on my back. So I, I, and I can feel like snowflakes on my face. And then the woman on the tape goes, now tense your left buttock. And I have never, I snapped back into my body and convulsed laughing. He did too. Like my buddy, we, we were in tears. We could not handle the word buttock. Like there's no fucking way. And that brought, this song brought me back to that moment. Like that's, because I, I, I thought like as soon as he starts talking, I, that's one of the first things I because I like collecting tracks like that. There's a lot of. Yeah. Like smoked out trip hop tracks that do this, and they do it really well. I think like uh, what you call oh uh, yeah, fuck the herbalizer has a really good one on very mercenary, and there, there's just like a few of these. But like I can't. I, whenever I hear them, I always think about like, okay, this is me 45 minutes in after eating mushrooms. What is this song doing to me? Like it's just a little game I play in my head. This one I just couldn't even. I mean, that's it. Like, do you want to be hypnotized? I'd be like, nope. Hit stop. Clench your left buttock. <laughs> Buttock is not the word you want to hear when you're like floating out of your body. Like that's <laughs> you're having a religious experience and suddenly hear that. Yeah. Fucking like rubber band tractor beam levels of snapping back into yourself. <laughs> like it's it was incredible. And it's funny too, because like I didn't I, I'm not like, oh man, y'all should take mushrooms. Like, do this now. No, it was like one of the rare times where like I was getting kind of like this really nice fun piece out of it. 
because normally I was doing stuff. Like, I never took hallucinations before. I was at a rave 90, 99% of the time. Yeah. You know, and then like one time I'd go to the movies or no, a bunch of times to go see the fifth element. Regardless, point being, this is not good. <laughs> no, like, it's not. It, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird time meditation. It's, it's pretty, a fucking jarring. It, I would call jarring. It's, it's a jarring. Weird, it's, it is. It's a jarring track. And yeah. that, that, and my other criticism would be like the last song, which was, you know, Mother of Dawn. Oh, it's, so, which, it's such a change in. It's such a positive, everything. glowing, beautiful, like. Hopeful. Black, black Lady Chorus. Like, yeah. there's something about like Black, like black Lady vocals in the 90s mm-hmm. that I was listening to um, Dana Montana DJ. And uh, you should mm-hmm. go check her out. She's like um European DJ. And she does like all this, like, you know, specific like 90s tracks yeah and there's one track where it's like just beautiful lady the black lady vocals and i kind of miss it a little bit like hearing stuff from the 90s where it's like it, it's a great sound you know when put mm-hmm. behind like techno and like electronics it's a really good sound you know when, you, when you're mixing up yeah um and this is corny shit yeah it's real bad uh especially because it's- we just went through a slog through a dystopian fucking hellscape yeah. Uh, I mean, there's I faster really songs know. on it. It's not all slow right. vaporwave, like, no, necessarily. This song, vaporwave kn- speed with certain vaporwave elements, because I don't I know what he was trying to could be vaporwave. Yeah, because what you said kind of convinced me, where I'm like, okay, he was trying to end on a positive note. Right. After, after That's why I thing. gave it a kind of a pass. And also, yeah, it reminds me of a KLF, real big time. Sure, yeah, but unintentionally. Like, he unintentionally Maybe, did. I don't know. I don't know, uh-huh. but like it's a really corny track, and it 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 would have been all it would have been funnier if this was like a nails album and ended with that. Then that's just then Dude, that's just gold. That could but, be the opening theme song to an anime. Yeah, fuck me. There's a lot there that I did not appreciate upon the first time listening to it. It was only after like a third or fourth time. I was I like, you even, know what? I, I tried to listen to it twice. Once in the car with a uh, Eldritch. Uh, oh God, why would you do that? Yeah, poor, no, poor. Poor buddy. Yeah, no, like, we tried to listen to it, and he was, like, you know, blown his mind. Again, blew his mind, you know, listen to the album. It's not bad. <laughs> and then we got to yeah. that song, and we're like, oh, fuck, we can't get through this. It's rough. <laughs> and then I tried to listen to it again by myself, and I'm like, I still could it's not rough. get through it. It's a yeah, rough, it's rough. That, that one track. If you were introduced to Cyberpunk by Billy Idol, and this is the one track you were given, yeah. I, too, would be like, I would just... Uh, Garbage disposal CD gone. Um, like I probably also quit listening to cyber or like following cyberpunk after. Yes, too, you know I mean? like it's that bad. Like that. Oh, it's one called track. yeah, Mother Dawn. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Mother Dawn. Like that one track is rough. Yeah. There's a couple but, of them in here though that I dig. Like I see Adam and yeah. James, half of that's good. Shock to the System's just a misguided song. Like it's, it is, but it, it's not. But bad. it bounces. Wasteland's it's not bad. great. It is misguided. Tomorrow really... people's cool. Yeah, I really like Wasteland. Mars people's fine. Um, uh, New Romancer is uh, it takes a second to get used to him saying it that way, but it's yeah. Neuromancer bit. takes a little bit. Um, Power Junkie, I like. Yeah, Power Junkie's uh, not bad. That's the one that I think KMFDM could do a kick-ass cover of. Um, yes. Um, what else? Uh, Love Labor's on is interesting. Heroin is an interesting take. Uh, an interesting I like cover. Sh- I like Shangri-La. <laughs> I think that sounds cool. That's it I couldn't cool get into it, but I could it. see like it's not. But I like it's not a bad song. Um, no, I couldn't get into that one, but it's not bad. Um, Heroin is. Did, I don't think deserves the title is the worst cover. No, anymore. I've heard no. Worse. In fact, you know what? I may record a cover of a song just to take that title from him. 
So <laughs> yeah, like it's. It, I don't think it hit deserves. us up in the Discord and let me know what song you want me to sing poorly, and oh uh, I will. I will do that. Um, Please, um, like or, yeah, or it, it's a Patreon comment or something. Yeah, like I don't think that deserved the titles like the worst cover ever made. No. Um, no. It's not that bad. It, like hindsight in the year 2023, it's not that bad. No, um, no, no. What else? This this album has aged remarkably well. For yeah, it's, there, it's again, it's not a perfect. It's an album, album out of time. Yes, it's an album out of time. It did like it, man. That of a specific moment. Five years before, this would have killed. Maybe well, but in nah. five years before, he would have spent fucking three years on it. And it yeah, kill. it's out of time. It's hard to place when this album honestly would have been successful. We could look at it yeah. now with, you know, all of the music insight that we have now from the future and what cyberpunk would become in the future as mm-hmm. it is now and yeah. like it, what it is and what it, what it could be, you know, like God. I think it's well worth listening to again and try and reevaluate where it's like, put your, put your peccadillo peccadillos aside you know, and just, you know, it can't be hard shit all the time. And I, he, it was definitely like a softer sound. And I also think that didn't help him with the cyberpunk yeah. crowd yeah. either. But it was also well, just I mean, a he, had, he had access to resources. I, I, here's what it is. His heart's in the right place. He had access to resources. This is what he made with it. Yeah. Uh, is it good or bad? No. Is it earnest? Yeah. Feels like it. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. did I have fun I, listening I, to I it? Fuck yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. It was one of those things where Same. I was like, oh my God, I, thought this was going to be like awful you know like really oh. bad no again no, I, not I, perfect kind of vibe into it yeah, yeah it's a same. vibe yeah it's really same. like definitely a lot of it's a vibe right up until you get to that fucking dawn song at the end i am a little surprised um, no one's ever like covered like i don't know wasteland or like power junkie honestly i guess because of the bad reputation of the album but i'm like i would have oh, liked to hear a I cover could, of wasteland i could guarantee someone has there has I, in fact, like, let me let me check right now. If uh, I really, well, I kind of really liked Wasteland, honestly, because it's like literally Billy Isle being like, you know, no religion, and it's like, oh shit. What was that other one you said? Uh, uh fucking it was a power, power junker. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see if it's on. Uh, there's a there's power junkie. Uh, there's a black cat who did a song called Power Junkie that may or may not be a cover. There's Moby D, who may or may not have not done a cover. <laughs> Or these could just be similarly fucking titled songs. I'll get back to you. You know what's funny? We actually came to the same problem. I was hanging out with Eldritch. Um, We trying to find if anyone had ever covered Neuromancer. Um, We found a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of songs called Neuromancer. Yeah. Uh, None of them were Billy Idol covers. (laughs) So good luck. There's going to be a lot of that, I feel. Oh man. Yeah, so that's that's uh that's Billy Idol Cyberpunk. Um maybe we're just dumbasses yeah. for like never really thinking about it or coming across it, but like it, this was a new experience. I laid eyes on this. And it was literally like someone had punched a dude, hole in my head and no, just I never never came across. Dude, I read all never of the dystopia like even before my time, like twice. Like well, never mentioned. Here's the thing, even never mentioned anywhere. No one talks about this album. It's not in anything. <laughs> I found there was there's some like forums that like this this one kid oh man he's like hey I just realized that like Billy Idol this was like in maybe 2017 or something like that wow. this cat wrote this comment in this one forum he's just like hey I just realized Billy Idol did this cyberpunk album and you know what it's not that bad and right. the people below that commented 
we're like, yeah, no, it, it actually kind of holds up pretty well. And what's really funny about it is there's only eight comments and then that's it. The conversation dies. You yeah, that's I mean? usually, I think, yeah, I noticed that too, where like the conversations are pretty short when it comes to praise. But like, there are some modern vicious fucking, you know, like brutal, reviews of it that are just like, this is a cyberpunk. There was one I read where this kid's like, is this album cyberpunk? And he said something like, uh, I think he said like seven or eight of the 13 songs were. So yeah, this might as well be a cyberpunk album. He went track by track and said, well, it's using the sound. And frankly, I, I would have added a couple of other ones because it, it just seemed like he, you know, the, the reviewer wasn't aware of like certain production techniques and stuff or like mm-hmm. samples, for example, yeah. you know, like and, and things. And I was just like, oh, yeah, no, there's more to it than also, this. Yeah. And keep in mind, it was, like, again, yeah. like he tried to do something new, which is all we can ever ask of anybody of an artist. And also, like, just remember what Brandwin said in the beginning of like, you know, this thing should try and cyberpunk this thing we're doing should be trying to destroy itself actively. Like it should yeah. have a self-destruct button where you just keep doing new stuff. And maybe, maybe that's what this album is. Maybe, maybe it, this is oh, the, yeah. like, you know, maybe this effect was like, people saw this and said, no, a lot of people saw I'm going to do this. Yeah. And that's what he was doing. You know, he's well, like, yeah, grunge. People were already that. saying punk was, this. yeah. Like he, he went at this, like <laughs> you were already saying punk was dead. And cyberpunk was dead, and a lot It'll of people punk blamed. dies every six months. It's fine. exactly, and people It'll fucking be. blamed this album for the death of cyberpunk. But yet, here we are. Here and, we are. And like, like this, this came out before uh, fucking, well, the Matrix. But like, even yeah. Hackers was two years later. Yeah. Oh yeah, you that know? was the other. Thank you for reminding me of that. It, it definitely feels like um because Packers, one of my favorite fucking th- gayest favorite films, <laughs> um, definitely has like a. Okay, the comparison I made between in the reverse is Hackers is a film that was largely hated by the hacker community and the cyberpunk community because of, you know, it's gay shit and colorful and inaccurate to actual Mm -hmm. hacking. Yeah. Um, Compare it to now where Hackers is considered like it defines hacker culture today. For being gay and colorful and awesome and, you know, because, you know, anybody could be a hacker and fuck you. Um, Yeah. I feel it's kind of like reverse for this album where it, it got released. It was largely hated in its time, but unlike hackers, it didn't define the anything. Unfortunately, it got kind of bare. No, but yet. you know, that's the danger of liking something ironically is that it's going to yeah. stick around and eventually you get used to it. And eventually you just think it was always here. And well, yeah, you know, because, well, that's the thing. People that don't. Hacker... People don't. People don't. I, th- I would say people don't ironically hate hackers. I'm sure there are some no, that do, but like hackers no, is deeply entertaining. entertaining with movie with a cr- incredible soundtrack. Yeah. No. And, and here's the funny thing: by the time that soundtrack came out, I was just like, "Oh, you fucking posers!" Because like a lot of those bands had been on other soundtracks. I think Halcyon <laughs> and On was in the fucking Mortal Kombat soundtrack. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there are all yeah, these songs yeah. on that soundtrack that had already been used on other soundtracks, or that I had already. Well, had you know, a lot of people before. are gonna, like the kids these days. Um, I'm looking yeah. at you, Umbra. Uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> they didn't like. You know, looking at the past like this, when you look at films like Hackers or albums like this, it could yeah. be a totally new experience for you. You know, like no, you're no, what's you're like, fucking me, man. Exactly. Like, like it, it's a totally like new experience because, yeah, I mean, yeah, the soundtrack to Hackers when it first came out, it's like, ooh, posers. But now when you're looking through like the long, weird lens of history, yeah, uh, it's a totally new experience. You get turned on to new stuff that you might not have been aware of, you know, and yeah. you get to see gay Angelina Jolie with like the gayest haircut <laughs> ever and just like. Oh yeah, you, know. you like that band named Three Songs? 
You know, like fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. Punch that person. Fuck that. Fuck like, that no, shit. Like, yeah, no, 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 no. You you deal with that person immediately and don't let it spread. I think the reason I didn't get that soundtrack was because I already had most of the songs on other albums. <laughs> I honestly got it. It was just I one of those fault. things where it's just like, <laughs> I can't fault somebody for that. Yeah, you caught up. Good job. You know, <laughs> I mean, hey, now if you go to archive.org like I did, and you could just download the entire extended soundtrack from that film and just get exposed to like a lot of music you may not have, you know, been around yeah. for. Like right. I am, you know, like I was what? three like five when hackers came out Mm -hmm. like you know so it's like it is a new experience for everyone as we've proven with billy idol cyberpunk it was a new experience for us and uh i recommend giving it another listen honestly uh if you've listened to it before or if you or if you've never listened to it and this is new fucking news to you like it was for us (laughs) uh give it a listen know that it's It's, not a perfect album but it's it's fine yeah Yeah, it's fun it is like go go play some game with vector graphics yeah you know and if it, you think we're fucking posers right um fuck you too i guess i don't know <laughs> yeah we don't give a shit um, we got other things to worry about than you know yeah how's the trump thing going uh no news yet um Aww. apparently our buddy z in poland is getting um ai images of trump being uh fucking arrested already cool and I'm like, yeah, no, not yet, bud. Not no, yet. No, no, that's yeah, weird. They're, they're really going to drag this out until like. They're going to drag this out until the absolute yeah. second, yeah. Nothing here yet. Because I have at least three people who were going to fucking like contact me instantly. From different parts of the world, no less. Well, no, no. Z, Z's just asking. He's just like, what the fuck's going on? It's like, nothing yet. It's good. Relax. It'll be fine. Like When, when they come and get him, it's going to be about as anticlimactic as like. I don't know. Probably, yeah. Our podcasts when we try to wrap things up at the end, like this. Just a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a, hmm, yeah. I don't know what else to say. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, we're good. You could you could find us at at the understand. Yeah, we mentioned yeah. it earlier. You know where to find us. Fucking yeah, you know where to find us. We're on Twitter for however long that lasts. We're on Facebook yeah. for however long that lasts. If you really want, yeah, I got an Instagram us, uh, for low life uh, podcasts. If you want to, yeah. Us up on if you want to find yeah. us and Chatterlink, uh, we're all on the Discord. We'll have a link yeah. For join that. the Discord. Um, Jesus. And yeah, like I said, if you enjoy what we do, drop us a dollar at uh, patreoncom slash dystopia. It helps immensely. It's literally the only reason we're allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, um, yeah, that's about it. I guess here I'll close with this one thought. This, this is how I imagine this yeah, album existing. Please. Okay, so Billy Idol Cyberpunk comes out. It's like a hole in the world. Like people walk by it. We don't move many copies at all. It's not like people are collecting albums where they collect like you know Beatles albums. They're not just trying to get every Beatle or Billy Idol album necessarily. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? He had his hits. They were great. His albums were fine. So this thing just just goes into cryogenic storage. And then thirty years, it it, it influences nothing. Okay, like <laughs> it really, does, it literally, does it? Yeah. It, it's this amazing work, and it influences nothing. Like the only time people mention it is with scorn yeah. or with like extreme scrutiny, and so it just goes into cryogenic storage for thirty fucking years, or you know, twenty five years. You know, based on a lot of the more recent writings I saw in some of the forums and stuff. Whatever. It's just no yeah. one's really talking about it, but some people are just like, hey, hey this isn't as bad as like some fucking synthwave bands that have gotten popular for some reason. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, seriously. Like, mm-hmm. It really fits like it belongs more now as yeah. kind of like an ironic wink back than it did when it, it's almost like he saw the future a little bit. A little bit it, with some of his predictions and what he did with technology. 
Well, no, just in the release of, like, yeah. this album wasn't made for 1993. It was definitely made for oh, either no. earlier Absolutely. or way Absolutely later not. as, like, a nod and a wink, you know? Oh, oh yeah. One, one other fun factoid before I hit the stop button. You know who played bass on this album? Who? On, like, almost every track? <laughs> Fucking Doug Wimbish from no. Living Color. <laughs> that, no. Yeah, man. That's incredible. Also, really cool. Actually, uh, fucking the, living color. Yeah, and I think the other tracks, um, maybe some keyboard work. It was uh, the guy uh, that was known by Youth, who played with like fucking like Killing Joke and Prong and like a shit ton of other bands. I mean, huh. the personnel. Like, we didn't get into it, but the personnel on this album, man, ah, oh, it was it was like not bad. People got, f- people got fucking work. Oh, oh, and this is the best part. Uh, fucking dude did not like. He never went in to record like doug wimbish stayed in new york city recorded his shit there and mailed it to him like he never left yeah it was awesome because he was busy with fucking like living color and shit but he did like eight nine tracks on the album and it was just like fuck yeah and it's funny like when you hear it when it pops up it's like man that's dope like i still oh it's really good it it, there are some really great moments in this thing and it's just a shame there's some like a lot of talent is on display for moments of it yeah uh what a what a yeah what a, what yeah, a go check it out moments yeah and uh hopefully there's like you know still in america when this releases